From Yarm to Yibby, Harrington to Horsley Hill, Swalwell to Silverlink, the Northeast Footy Breakfast with Roy, Steve, and Ted. Right across the Northeast, the red platoon and the cat. Start of it. Oh, I'm, I'm glad you're happy, mate. Is that because you've got Monday out of the way? Uh, I think it's because we got all three points on the weekend, Davey. Lad, <laughs> we didn't when we're in the next round of the FA Cup, lads, we, we flying the flag for the Northeast. Exactly, uh, Steve. We, we got we got actual winning weekends, mate. You know, increasing so that gap we. on that that North Hull team. <laughs> that <was> what? <laughs> Don't worry, don't worry. His his manager thinks it is it's a local derby to Bealey. He don't said you it, worry. He nailed it to the match. He's still it, new. He said it's still it's new. It's how much they keep know. pushing for it, isn't it? It's gross. It's gross. I mean, they keep pushing for it over there, and we're just like you know, yeah. happy little you know Middlesbrough yeah. lads. Yeah, just, I know. You know, in the words of Catherine Tate, I'm up of it. Yeah, you obviously are, because every time we mention the D word, you bite back, so you are bothered. Excuse me? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Derby. (laughs) And one of us, lads, has got the the spicy cough. Yeah. Yeah, the spicy cough. That's a beautiful way of putting it, yes. I have well and truly got the lurgy, lads. It's, um, oh, I boy. spent all day yesterday in bed, not in a nice way. Uh, literally just like, sort of, I was going to say surrounded by tissue paper, but that's not drawing the right <laughs> image, is it? It's a uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Just made the toilet roll, Hollyoaks omnibus. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, it looks like it's the virus, lads. So I will be going to work with me mask on because we don't have to isolate these days. Uh, but yeah, it's horrendous. It's proper man flu. This. Oh, no. it, I'll tell you how bad it is, right? Mrs. Ted gave me sympathy yesterday. Wow. Ooh. Yeah, and, and cooked like, cook me a chicken dinner and everything just to, just to try and in. get us back on my feet. I'd have put the order in immediately. Sorry, mate. Oh, he wanted sympathy in our WhatsApp group that we don't talk about as well. You see that, Stevie? He yeah. wants sympathy in there as well, mate. Yeah, well, I have a comment in that group, so. Very rarely, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Apart from putting your, your quiz answers in. Yeah, oh, that's, that's about pass, it. Pass, 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 pass. Just in case there's rest one. Rest assured, Steve. <laughs> rest assured. There's no quiz today, mate. It's just the old Great. classic. We've got what the fact for you today, mate. Are you worried? I do enjoy that. Are you I well do enough? enjoy that. I, 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 all right. That's good. Sorry, mate. I, am I well enough to do it? Yeah. I'll soldier on. I'm a trooper. You know. We don't cry off like Middlesbrough do and end up getting docked three points because we kind of turn up for a game of Blackburn. Uh, you know, yeah, I'll, 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 I'll crack on through, mate. Don't worry about me. He's not that ill, is he? He's not oh, that ill. Oh, he can't come up with the barbs. No, I'm, nah. I'm just delirious he's, on paracetamol. On. I think. <laughs> but anyway, Did yes, you you've got a lot to get through. Yes, <laughs> some would argue. Yes, probably. <laughs> But lots to get through, lads. Obviously, we've got uh, we've got the FA Cup game that that, uh, that we watched yesterday, uh, Saturday. Sorry, with the Geordies. Uh, nice draw you got there, Steve, as well. Obviously, there's somebody trying to look yeah, after well. you and make sure you go far this time. Uh, Another away maybe, draw, though, lads. Ah, uh, that's true, Mike. True. That's true. But it, it, you might make it onto uh, is, it, is it Amazon or is it Apple TV that does the Wrexham documentary? 
Yeah, but <laughs> depends. <laughs> obviously, see off Blackburn. You've got the Deadpool derby, haven't you? Which is uh, that's going to be a nice one. That like it'll be Blackburn. Uh, Sunderland. It always is. I think so. I think so, mate. It's a it's a weird place to go. Ewood Park, though. You never know which Blackburn's going to turn up. So that'll be an interesting one, without a doubt. Potential banana skin. Um, but yeah, a very decent performance. I thought I thought Fulham actually played rather well, but um, Newcastle obviously the better at taking their chances. Let's say Sunderland obviously impressive win, solid win. Might still take a bit of time to win the fans over mine, but uh, yeah, all the same we got after that. Borough will uh... <laughs> yeah, we'll move on. Uh, Klopp He's obviously setting the himself up, fans. isn't he? He's setting himself <laughs> up for the weekend. The I uh, the, uh, the the scaffold has already been erected for the Sunderland defeat. Yep, indeed. Smokies. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, 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 I'm setting it up for the weekend. And then he puts money in crowd in there. I love it. <laughs> Honestly, yesterday, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm relatively new to this whole Twitter lark. And oh. Rai happened to tag me in something yesterday. Oh, I threw you one. <laughs> Did you throw him under Did the bus? You just oh, I think so. Oh, mate. <laughs> Tell more. He basically Tell he, more. he opened Pandora's box and basically shoved me in. And she, she wasn't happy with that. Yeah, she was not. She was certainly not. I might have to go to HR. Um, so yeah. Uh, yesterday, Rai just tagged me in something. Oh yeah. <laughs> Rai tagged me in something yesterday about Michael Beale saying, you know, next up we've got the we've got the derby against Middlesbrough. And of course, as soon as he said that, my head was already in my hands. But Rai decided to tag me in that little video clip on Twitter. Um, and basically that just opened the floodgates for all these little smoggy mates to come crawling out from under their rocks. And, and start taking pot shots at me. I'm like, Get in. I haven't even opened my mouth this time. So I had to defend oh, me on it. Uh, like... I think I did refer to Middlesbrough as North Hull to one Middlesbrough fan. Um, <laughs> I may as well have been from Hull. Uh, then he was trying to explain the reason that we're a lot closer to Middlesbrough than we are to Hull, because obviously he didn't get the sarcasm in that. And to be honest, with some of the Middlesbrough fans that were commenting, I'd, I'd just neither had the, the patience or the crayons to explain it all. But uh, it, was, it was good crap all the same. It was good crap all the same. Oh, but yeah, well. the other stuff obviously we're going to get through Klopp. That's the biggest news. I mean, from, from Friday, Crazy. that was a real shock, that one. Um, also, I watched the Liverpool game yesterday. Former Sunderland Academy graduate, James McConnell. I saw that. Absolutely fantastic game he had as well. It, on the on the brinks of being man of the match for me, I thought he was excellent. But, yeah, we'll have a little look at the sea likes. That was, that was Madrox, that was Stuart Donald and that lot who, uh, who was, sold him yeah. as a 15-year-old, which is very, very annoying. Uh, fat Club. That's going well, Dave. We haven't seen your way in yet, mate. I think I think we'll need to get that on. I've the got call. the picture from this morning. I just uh, I was a bit late out of the house, so I haven't had a chance. I'll turn it around now, mate, and send it in to you. All right, all right. Uh, what else? Crowd trouble. Obviously, the the, the crowd trouble that, that oh, marred the West Brom. That's wild. ridiculous. That was like a, a hark back to the bad old days. That it really that was, was absolutely yeah. awful. And obviously, we're into the last week of the transfer window as well, lads. So we're going to have some transfer talk. Um, there's lots of stuff going on at Sunderland in terms of uh, potential incomings and outgoings. Um, and obviously, I'm sure they'll be the same for Newcastle and Middlesbrough as well. So I'll give you lads a chance to crack on through that. 
There's probably not enough time to get through it all, but hey, go. Should we start with some club headlines? Well, mate, I mean, we've finished the show now. You were that long explaining what we were going to talk about, so um, I can't breathe. <laughs> no, I'm literally struggling to breathe. Daz is up next with his nonsense. Good morning, everyone. Smoggies and proud. Borough News. Good morning, Borough fans. Not to get all farmy. But a weekend with no football is like having a cow that produces no milk, a pig that is too skinny for bacon, and a chicken that lays no eggs. In the biggest news to come out of this weekend of football, New Sunderland manager has confirmed that this weekend's tie against Borough is a local derby. <laughs> In another push to make it a derby, Bill was saying his team would be ready to go. Strange to see how much Sunderland want it to be a derby, am I right, Borough fans? The transfer deadline day for January is fast approaching and the big story will be whether Borough remain uh, remain on to Morgan Rogers or not. The former Man City youngster signed for Borough in the summer for a deal worth £1 million. However, it has now been revealed that it was also included hefty sell-on margins by Man City. There's now been rumoured that Villa have submitted a third and final bid of £15 million, including add-ons. If true, and Borough do sell, they have managed to gain £14 million in the space of six months. Crazy. And finally, Lucas Engel has said playing under insanely talented coach Michael Carrick has been incredible. The new left back has found form of late and slotted into the heart of the way Michael likes to play out from the back. Engel said to Danish TV, he has experienced a lot and he has an impressive CV. He is also a player I watched on television when I was growing up, so to be under him is incredible. He is a role model for many when he has played at the level he has. He is an insanely talented coach. My friends and family can be starstruck on my behalf, and I also have some friends who are Manchester United fans, and they are starstruck all about it. Well done, Engel. Well done. We're all starstruck, mate. That's your Borough headlines. No football on the weekend. A cow that produces no milk. Good morning. Magpies and Proud. Mag's News. Goes from Sean Longstaff and Dan Byrne proved enough to send Newcastle United into the fifth round of the FA Cup on Saturday night. And Sunday's draw handed Eddie Howe's team a third successive away tie against either Blackburn Rovers or Wrexham, who played tonight. And were Rovers, managed by former Magpie John Dahl Thomason, to beat Wrexham, that would mean that no less than four of our last ten fifth round ties would have been in opposition to Blackburn Rovers. Speculation on outgoing transfers continues to circulate in the media and when asked about Miggy Almiron's absence post-match, Eddie Howe failed to calm Newcastle fans' nerves. He said he was ill, genuinely ill. Future, I want him to stay. Miggy to leave next week, it's difficult. I'm not in hourly contact with what's going on. There's a possibility that someone could leave. Newcastle's under-21 suffered another 20, uh, another defeat on Sunday, beaten by Blackburn Rovers in a Premier League 2 fixture staged at the Lancashire FAHQ in Leyland. A goal from Charlie Weston in the 20th minute of the first half separated the sides at half-time, only for United's Josh Scott to equalise with 20 minutes remaining. Rovers then won it when substitute Junior Nangu headed a corner past United keeper Rhys Byrne in the 86th minute. And Friday saw the latest Premier League fixture alterations for live TV announced, with only one round of games messed around with the first weekend in March. And Newcastle's home meeting with Wolves wasn't selected for live coverage, meaning it stays as a good old-fashioned 3 o'clock kick-off on Saturday, March the 2nd. That's your Newcastle headlines on Monday morning. Mackhams and Proud. Black Cats News. 
Good morning, Sunderland fans. Arsenal's Charles Sago Jr. is in talks with Sunderland over a proposed loan move ahead of the closure of the January transfer window this week, according to online and mainstream sources. The Gunners' promising winger has caught the attention of several clubs, but it's understood that it's the Black Cats who are pressing ahead for this signature. The 19-year-old has drawn comparisons to Arsenal's star Bukayo Saka, who is also a right winger and a product of the Hayland Academy. One winger that looks set to stay, however, is Jack Clark, despite Sunderland rejecting an initial offer between £14 and £16 million from Lazio, with the club insisting the 23-year-old is not for sale. It's thought that Sunderland will wait and see, see the season out and listen to higher offers in the summer, although indications are that if Sunderland were to gain promotion this term, Clark may extend his tenure. And finally, Michael Beale responded to questions regarding Alex Pritchard after Sunderland confirmed he had demanded to leave the club this month, just an hour before kickoff on Saturday. Alex Pritchard previously looked set to be forced out the door by Sunderland last summer, but ended up remaining at the stadium alike to fight for his place. Speaking to the Chronicle Live right after the Saturday's 3-1 win over Stoke City, the Sunderland boss said it's been ongoing to be honest, not just the last 24 hours. He's a boy who's come up to the end of his contract and he's been offered one. I think mentally it has, been, it has got a bit much for him. Let's keep the focus on the players who played today. They are your Sunderland headlines. On DAB Radio, online and smart speakers. Jeez, that's a new big jingle, isn't it? That's yeah, a it's one. another swanky one, that, isn't it? Yeah, that's got, that got me... Wow, lads, oh, lads. I'm disappointed in the fact that you're, you're surprised that we can swank. No, I'm, I'm, that was... Yeah. Sorry? That even that involves tissues. <laughs> Only with Ted and his virus. <laughs> Don't make us laugh, honestly, because I, I really can't breathe. Anyway, yeah, um, let's make a start anyway. Steve, I actually enjoyed the game against Fulham, mate. Um, a, a proper decent cup tie, I thought. Um, obviously flying the Saudi flag as well in that lovely third kit. But lovely. Nice draw at the end of it, obviously. Uh, yeah, granted, you're going to be away from home again. Good win. Solid outfit, Fulham as well, but... Maybe a little bit of luck with the first goal, but all in all, mate, you took your chances and, and Fulham didn't, despite the, the, the pressure that you put under. Is that about an accurate description, do you think? Um, I think it stops Fulham bleating on about, well, we would have beaten them if we didn't get a man sent off at St James's Park. Um, yeah. I think we're a bit of a bogey team for Fulham, to be honest. I think that, uh, you know, we, you know, we weren't at full strength. Uh, we weren't certainly at the races as far as the performance was concerned i think we looked rusty is probably the best description about newcastle uh, mm. first half um newcastle didn't play well i think the second half uh, we we did turn it on um, you know and, and and looked a lot better um but i think on the balance of play newcastle deserved it i would disagree with the first goal i think it, you know, I think probably most people were listening to the commentary in in England would have been uh, it was like a Darren Brown kind of you know subliminal mind training by Lee Dixon <laughs> trying to con trying to convert people into believing that you know that, that there was a handball somewhere. Bruno quite clearly had his hands down by his body and turned with with his natural body momentum. The ball clipped 
the top of his arm and fell nicely for Longstaff to put the ball in the back of the net. It wasn't a handball. That isn't a handball. It was never a handball before the rules were changed and it wasn't a handball on Saturday. So I think Lee Dixon should never work on television commentary for Newcastle games again. Um, I think he's biased. I think his biased was, um, was, was so obvious. They even referred to it during the commentary that they'd been less than complimentary about Newcastle. What is that all about? Wow. Absolutely disgusting, disgraceful, um, and and for me, Lee Dixon, um, hang your head in shame because it was the most biased commentary I've ever heard. And you know, wow. it's, it's the reason I prefer to go to the games and not watch TV games. It's you know, I couldn't get to Fulham. It was an absolute nightmare for me. You know, trains can't. You know, tra- yeah. you know, obviously tra- trains. Trains, trains, etc. At that time, don't operate. So anyone who went down, credit to you guys. You, you would have got back at you know, you know, four, five, six in the morning, uh, and some people had to have an overnight stay. And I just couldn't, I couldn't do that this weekend. But um, great, great, great second half performance. I think, um, I think ultimately the the goals. Uh, you know, obviously Longstaff and Burn. It was good to see the two local lads get amongst the goals. And I think after the after the. After the two-week break, which should have been a time to recoup, relax, and you know, get you know, get get our mojo back after what's been a, a tough month, um, you know, I, I think you know, it, well, it was just what the doctor ordered for us. But it was it was a reaction from the team. It was a reaction from the squad um, to say, okay, we've had a lot of links with players away, but you know, we're we're still professional. We'll still go about our job, and we'll still do our best for for Newcastle United. Kieran Trippier um, gave quite a, an extensive interview after the game with Matthew Raisbeck on BBC Radio Newcastle and I thought it was superb. Um, I listened to it uh, again last night just to refresh my memory but he, he admitted that there'd been interest from Bayern Munich. He, he, he admitted that you know it was flattering at his age to be considered you know a target by such a big team. However, um, he was fully committed to Newcastle and you know he was committed to the team, committed to their, you know, their quest for... You know, continuing the run in the FA Cup and getting, you know, getting back up the league into the European slot, and I thought it was a well, it, it was an interview you wouldn't have expected anything different from Kieran Trippier after the match, but he wasn't the player that was put forward by Newcastle United to do the interviews because that's the way it, that that tends to be the way it works. The club will select a player to put forward. The media will request somebody, um, and and the club will put them forward. But Kieran actually asked if he could be the person interviewed. Um, Razor, you know, obviously put that put that out there and, and said that that was the case. So I felt it was. I, f- I felt it was a, a you know poignant as well that he was you know he, he was saying that he hadn't been agitating for a movie. He came out and said that it's it's you know when you see it reported in the press, you think mm, they're just saying that. But he he did come out and say it himself. So so all in all, I think you know the, you know Trippier won't be going anywhere. Um, and yeah. I think that's that that you know for me that's a blessing. Um, Eddie Howe, I think, was his usual self after the game, honest, um, you know, honest and straight to the point. Um, I think he, he more or less said what I've said. You know, Newcastle weren't at it in the first half, but the second half we were. When you look at the stats, yeah, Fulham had the you know Fulham had the you know slight edge in possession, um, but but you know at the end of the day, Newcastle Newcastle scored the goals and, and and Fulham didn't. I think and looking at the stats going into the game, that was always going to be the that was always going to be the issue. Uh, Fulham Fulham have been a bit shot shy. Uh, they're not scoring they're not scoring goals at the moment, and and ultimately the you know the fact that they played midweek in a in a tough game against Liverpool and made six changes probably. 
probably didn't help them. Six changes was a lot, um, and 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 you can see, you know, Fulham are, Fulham are struggling without like a, a target man like Mitrovic. You know, they sold goals in the summer to Saudi, and they haven't really replaced them. So, so yeah, overall, um, you know, delighted with with regards to the cup draw. Um, you know, we were last out of the hat last time. We were, you know, first first out of the hat this time. And yeah, I mean, look, you know, avoiding Man City and Liverpool was was basically what I wanted to see. I, I would have preferred a home draw. Um, you've got Blackburn or Wrexham who play tonight. Um, of course, you know, Blackburn, you know, is, as I mentioned in my headlines, is, is somebody we're familiar with. We've, we've had them four times in the last ten FA Cup fifth round draws. Realise that that's a lot, that isn't it? To hell of a start, yeah. And we've, we've, you know, the last time we, the last time we played them in the FA Cup fifth round, I think it was two thousand and nineteen. We beat them four two. Longstaff scored. Um, I think, you know, if we get Wrexham, that'll be on the TV. There's no doubt about it. It'll be the, yeah. it'll be, oh, yeah. it, it'll be the standout Box tie office. of the round because, you know, because of the two owners, you know. Um, so yeah, that, that it will be interesting. I think, you know, I think Blackburn, of course, brings its own reunion, as I mentioned again with John Doll Thomason. Uh, you know, former Newcastle United player managing Blackburn, uh, but I, I, I would like to think that Newcastle have got too much for either of those teams, and you know we could take a, you know, take a berth, you know, in the in the quarters, which would be nice, you know, especially after the disappointment of going out the Champions League, going out the League Cup, uh, you know, to have an FA Cup run would be would be fantastic. So yeah, I mean, it's it's like I said on Friday, it's kept our season, you know, it has to keep our season yeah. alive, and it certainly has. And we, you know, we go into our next game tomorrow. Um, you know, Aston yeah. Villa in the league tomorrow is is, is huge. Um, it's a big game Quick for Villa. It yeah, is big massive. game for Villa, big game for Newcastle. Um, but we go into it. We go on. We go into it. On, you know, on a high. Uh, Villa, I think, drew with uh, Chelsea, wasn't it, at, at the weekend in the FA Cup? They've got a replay, which is good for us. Those two having a replay yeah. again, another another extra a game for those guys. But um, but yeah, it is it is a quick turnaround. I'm sure Newcastle will cope. The Champions League experience will have put them in good in good stead for that. But yeah, I'm a I'm a happy mag this weekend. Um, you know, and and it's like you know, it's just nice. It, as I say, it keeps our season alive, and that's 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 the main thing. Two two things for me I noticed about the game, mate. First of all, um, man of the match for me, I thought Dan Byrne was absolutely tremendous. Uh, he, he really had a fantastic game, very impressive. Uh, and that's that sticks in my throat because I know he's a Geordie as well, like, and obviously, I, th- I think that brings a little bit extra out of, of Northeast players in general. To be honest, when they when they represent their own clubs and. Maybe not not even come through the academies, but returning back to the the club they've supported, you always just get that extra ten percent out the tank. I think, and he and he played like that on Saturday. I was really really impressed with his performance. Took his call well. I mean, it was a it was a it was a centre backs finish or a left backs finish, but uh, it was <laughs> it was still quality. The other thing I noticed though, Stephen, you you touched on the Lee Dixon thing, and I, I we'll bring the lads in on this one as well. Lee Dixon slipped up a bit, lads, didn't he? Why? When he he, let, he yeah. let slip about VAR and the fact that commentators Brilliant. can, can yeah. hear oh, the decision being made. Wasn't it? Yes. yes. Yeah. It was. Um, it was one of those Lee. moments where when he said it and there was that awkward silence of "Oh no, no, no!" You, you've given away a bit of the magic <laughs> there, Lee. Uh, so yeah, that, that's that's a bit of an interest run. Sneaky, mm. sneaky commentators. Yeah, well, eh? I've always thought this. I've always thought this, and I mean, I. I, I don't know whether the VAR. I, I doubt the VAR officials w- would have like a reciprocal, like you know, hearing. Uh, you know, one way audio, I would but, imagine. But I would imagine. Is, I can imagine they've got. 
I can imagine they've got the TV on. I've said I've said this a few times. I wonder if they've got the I wonder if they've got the sky coverage on in in the background of VAR because mm-hmm. you know ultimately I think sometimes there's an overemphasis on on sky from the likes of Gary Neville. Um, you know to you know they're almost I know their job is commentating on the game, but they almost re-emphasise. You know that again. It's like this. Well, that's definitely a handball. That's definitely a handball. That's definitely a handball. You know, and I know that I know they're doing the job. But you just think, you know, if these VAR officials have got a TV on in the background, their their decision making could be impeded by the fact that they're listening to what the the, the pundit says because they don't want to make a mistake and think, oh well, it's easier just mm. go with the pundit because the pundits will be happy. Point. Uh, well, you know, it's it's a theory. It's not it's not what happens, but it's they'll a theory. Have, they'll have happen. no audio on in the the VAR room. Um, they'll have all the all the replays and all the angles from Sky, absolutely, because it's the TV cameras that VAR is based on. Um, but uh, they won't have any audio on from the commentators. Mm, yeah, well, you say that, Dave, but you don't know that. I don't know that they well, have, I'm, but you don't I'm, know that they do. Well, I, I do know how VAR works because I've been to many VAR rooms and, and looked at the infrastructure because, <laughs> you know, I'm looking for opportunity to burn it at the stake. But, um, <laughs> yeah, no, they, there's, there's no facility for having commentators' audio on. Um, I mean, some of them, some of them were clearly watching the Ryder Cup when you know during that game that, that was played when they made that absolute balls up. I mean, you, you say which one, don't you? When I say that, but I can't remember which game it was. <laughs> but the Ryder Cup was on; it was coming to a key moment, and a lot of people genuinely thought they were probably watching the golf. Um, it's it, it, it's it's that bad. It is that bad. It really is. But uh, yeah, Lee Dixon. Um, uh, you know, it, I didn't Wait, think it would get worse. Than there, Steve. I, 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 I didn't I, I, I think would get I worse. Than Lee I, I didn't understand why he was going in on them. I mean, obviously, great entertainment for me, being a Matham, but it, it, it just seemed like, is there some previous there that, that, that we're not aware of? No, but you just see it all the time with commentators. When they're commentating on Newcastle's games, they're almost championing the opposition, no matter who it is. And, and, and it's because, you know, they've all got an opinion, I guess, on Newcastle coming into, you know, into contention, but potentially winning something. I mean, yeah. God help us if Lee Dixon's commentating, you know, on a cup final that we win. Um, my God, you know it, it'll be it, it'll be nauseous. I mean, that hasn't been the most nauseating thing of the weekend for me, by the way. Um, and we'll before get you, to it, of course, because before it's in you your go headlines, on to it, Barry's, Barry's yeah, well, Barry's just uh, WhatsApped on the Lee Dixon point. Um, he said, totally agree with Steve. Morning, Barry, by the way. Uh, totally agree with Steve Morning, about Dixon. Uh, loved the trip year interview. We got through. Wasn't pretty, but we're in the next round. How many other clubs aren't? Great show, lads. Yeah, Thanks, Barry. Fair point. Mm, yeah, I mean, uh, the, the, actually, you know, the, the the whole thing with Lee Dixon is just, you know, it 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 just emphasises that there's there's an agenda from some of these people in the media against Newcastle. Oh, not everybody. Just, not everybody. Oh, mate, no, come on, surely. I mean, I didn't see it. I've got to be honest. I, I watched the well, there you go. game. You but didn't, I didn't see it, Dave. So you I didn't see the. Dave's taking the finger approach. Yeah, definitely. I didn't see it because I just shut my eyes and refused to accept it. And ears. My fingers in my ears. No, I didn't. I didn't see it, but I. You're not just a little bit oversensitive because obviously no. it's Newcastle, your beloved Newcastle. <laughs> nope. No, no really not. not. Was it that bad? I'm a 52-year-old man, Dave. I'm a 52-year-old man, and I've listened to plenty of comedy over the years. 
and I do thank you and I do know what is right and what is wrong and if there's a club that's getting slated by a particular individual and the fact is Davey admitted they admitted on air that we're being slightly really? over the top with Newcastle so that's, that condemns that condemns them even it condemns them for me because they've held their hands up and said actually and it wasn't Lee Dixon who said it it was I can't remember who the other guy was now but it was the, it was the cool commentator and he more or less said you know they, they must have had complaints well they were getting complaints on, online do you, do you think they it's the Saudi is it the Saudi fact is that what it is? Do you think yes. it's a bit just... of that? Yes. Yeah. Some, some people, yes. some people, it will be. Some people, it will be the Saudi factor. But other people, it's just the fact that Newcastle. Had, how dare they gear crash? You know the, you know the the party. You know how the how dare table. they affect? Yeah. How dare they affect the top six, the beloved top six? Of course, which Lee Dixon was a part of. You know, with Arsenal. So but wasn't wasn't Leicester? Wasn't Leicester welcome with open arms that year? They won the Premier League. Yeah, wasn't, they knew it was going to be a one-off. Hasn't Brighton, be a one-off. Hasn't Brighton yeah. been welcomed? To, you know, because, into the party by comment because they're not a big club. That Leicester. Yeah. And Brighton aren't big clubs. Yeah. They're Plucky not big underdog. clubs. The plucky underdog who wins it once, once in a blue moon is going to happen, and we're going to accept that. But not Newcastle, who's got ambitions to be there for the rest of, you know, the rest of their history. You know, it, it's that's why it is. It's 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 sour grapes. It's 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 awful, and it's and it's. It's awful and it's obvious. That's what that's that's the worst thing about it. And mm. um, you know, he, you know, Lee Dixon, you know, was was criticised and rightly so. Good. Well, we'll yep. come up the sports headlines, lads. We'll, we'll do Sunderland after the headlines. But, uh, Dave, play the music. Together across the northeast. The Timbercat and the Red. What, 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 and uh no don't encourage them <laughs> well, for a fact. it is what the fact you know how it works by now Daniil I know you're poised you're coiled like a viper by the phone ready to whatsapp us on this one I have an amazing football fact for you. I'm going to give you four clues. You've got to guess what the fact, which is very difficult to say when you're loaded with cold. But there you go. Anyway, we're going to crack on. We've got the first clue for you right now. An international fixture that's never gone the way you'd expect. That's an international fixture that's never gone the way you'd expect. Ah, okay. Hmm. India playing England in Hyderabad. Uh, mm. uh, sorry, an international football fixture <laughs> that's never gone the way you'd expect. But, but hats off to you on that one, mate. Yeah, nobody saw that coming. <laughs> what a win. Yeah, that was wild. Yeah, that. fantastic win, wasn't it? Anyway, come on, this is what the fact, not what the wicket. Sorry, sorry, um, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yes, an, an international football fixture that's never gone the way you'd expect. That's your first of four. Mm. <laughs> Any any sort of feelings in your water yet, lads? No. Or is it just to stay no. Pass. Pass. No. <laughs> Pass. I prefer the geography method. ones. I see. <laughs> I've, I've adopted the okay. wraith approach. Okay, I see. It's known, I as, see. It's known in the industry as doing a wraithy. Doing no, a wraithy. Ah, <laughs> oh, but wraithy likes this quiz. See, you've got, you've got to appeal to That's him. That's true. You've got to appeal to his nice side. That's true. Yeah. You know, you've got I feel like the quiz is very, um, is very Newcastle biased. Yeah. Like what? Lee Dixon. It's just Newcastle <laughs> biased. You know what I mean? Is it really? 
Okay. I've got. By the way, we've got to say good morning to Paul. Uh, Paul sent a, Paul. Paul sent a WhatsApp into Why? the studio over the weekend. We don't quite know which show he's referring to, but we'll claim it. Okay. It says just right. just cottoned onto this show. Brilliant banter. I'll be a regular listener from now on. So we'll claim that one. We'll, we'll claim that. That's us. Yeah, yeah. That's us. Yeah. 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 It's definitely us. Morning yeah, yeah. Paul Legends can't have that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nah. nah. Look, they, they've had their turn in the sunshine. But they good morning. Nah. Good morning. Good, good, good morning, morning lads. Yes. Yeah. Legends. Yeah. Hmm. I did. I did just, have a thought just, over the weekend. Now I'm putting this out live on air, uh, which you'll probably not thank me for later. But I think we should have a little quiz team up with the legends. Ooh. Ooh. I like it. I like so, it. So, you know, like me it. and Daz, Ryan Higgy, and Clarky and Steve. And we yes. need a, an independent quiz master. And I think Dave's got a, a face of a quiz master. Mm. I, I actually teamed up with Clarky years ago on a TV pilot with me. The team was me and me dad, Clarky and John McCrurick. Oh my word! What a what a table! And we won the quiz, uh, but it never it, wow. the, the TV show was never put out there. But we I've still got the video footage somewhere. I'll send you it, lads. I've yeah, got, I've got watch. I don't think I've got oh, the quiz. I'm not sure if I've got the quiz, but I've got the audition. But I will send that to you. I, I did. I did. Go on, mate. Sorry. No, no, you go. On. I was just going to say I did. I, I did something similar a long time ago when I was when I was the borough commentator uh, for Century, and I was also doing the Big Mal football phoning. So we had this was pre Legends and uh, Malcolm Allison. Uh, it was great, wasn't it? It's like uh, Dave, we've got no history of doing any football. We're going to sit here in the studio for two hours, uh, Monday to Friday, from uh, I think it was six till eight. With uh, Malcolm Allison, you're going to talk football to an audience that isn't used to us talking <laughs> football. To brilliant, brilliant. No, no songs, no records, no nothing. But anyway, we uh, we decided to take it on the road, and um, uh, we got Neil Cox, who was uh, Borough fullback at the time. Um, Myself, Ali Brownlee, who are obviously on Century, and uh, Malcolm Allison. Legend. And uh, was Higgy with us that night? I can't remember if Higgy was with us that night. And we went to the Nunthorpe Social Club. Yes. Because uh, well. we went around all the social clubs on Teesside doing this. It was a quiz. It was, it was our team against the social club's team in a quiz. And Ali, Ali typically was the unbiased uh, quiz master. <laughs> and... Um, and we drew. So at the end of the night, it was a draw. Really? So we left it up to the audience. <laughs> we left it up, <laughs> foolishly, left it up to the audience in the pub to decide what the, um, uh, what the, uh, what the, um, what the, uh, come on, come on, what's, oh, it's gone, it's gone. What the fact? The fa- yeah, what the fact, the, uh, the old panel, the decider was going to be. So, so they yeah, came yeah. up with a sudden death decider of, of doing a forfeit. And the forfeit we were oh. given, and would it, was for Neil Cox. Chewy. To kiss Malcolm Allison. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he did it. Coxie no, just stuck no, the lips really? on Big Mal. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Oh, wins a win, isn't it? A wins a win. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think he said something like that. Oh, it was brilliant. It was brilliant. But those were the days when players were approachable. Wow. I'm, I'm also fascinated about what John McCrick was like in person. Oh. I mean, we saw him on Celebrity Big Brother. He's just like this cantankerous larger than life figure Steve like I, I know we're going off piece Steve we had no plan 
<laughs> but but was, what was he like, mate? Because I'm intrigued. Every bit as eccentric as he was um, on TV. He, he, he just what yeah. you saw on TV is what you got in real life. He was a lovely, lovely guy. Um, obviously, setting his ways, um, he would be certainly banned nowadays. I think uh, off from television. <laughs> yeah. um, there's no doubt about it. But no, just uh, you know, he, he you know he just. John McCrew was a, was a, a racing legend, you know, but a huge, huge Newcastle fan, and um, that's what TV misses, really. I think these days yeah. it, mi- it misses characters, uh, characters Focus. like that. Yeah. We've now gone down this completely woke, you know, route of, um, you know, putting sterile people in front of TV, the camera. Sterile TV is a wonderful way of describing it. It's exactly that, and yeah. you know, I, I sit and cringe now when I I watch football matches uh, when I watch um, live TV you know you know 24 hour sports channels that they're, they're all for, watch um, well no that's yeah. alright that, that actually considering I'm a Newcastle fan at least that's that's <laughs> the kind of stuff that should happen it should be spontaneous it should be a laugh it's why we it's why Dave set this show up you know what I mean it's um, it, you yeah. know, be, be real not 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 fake um, and it, and it, you know without naming names some of the people who do this I know them quite well and I just I cringe I really do. I, I think it's cringeworthy TV, and I think they've gone from as well the, the whole the notion of getting supporters on TV, um, something which I was very much a part of when how I met Dave. You know, putting me, you know, putting my putting mm. my fans in out and being interviewed on TV. I think we've now gone for for. I, I, I'm going to be careful how I word this. I, I think genuinely the people that Please I think God, the, yes. the, the people who the people who represent. I thought it was going on a joy earlier when he started this. <laughs> the, people the people who represent clubs in general now are aren't necessarily fans of the football club. Uh, they maybe haven't been there for a they haven't been there for a sustained period. They're going for people who are you know over the top in in supporting certain movements and for me that's not acceptable and it, it's simple for me i just don't watch it I, I switch it off there's programs i probably would have watched years ago or maybe i would have contributed to years ago i just don't watch them anymore because I, you know i don't want a particular narrative rammed down my throat and, and you know i just want to listen about i want to listen to what the what the team news is what somebody's view is of whether that person should be playing in that position or not um and, and i want to listen to somebody who opinion I can either respect or disagree with respectfully but we've gone we've gone completely down a different angle now and I, the I, world's I, gone I, that way Steve it has yeah I yeah. don't like it mate I don't yeah. like it at all and and, and, uh, and some things you just think I'm quite cynical about certain things as well you know I think well they've just done that because they want that particular angle to be covered and it it becomes it becomes a nightmare you know for for, for media companies to you know, to try and find out, I guess, a genuine, a genuine fan from a not, from not a genuine fan. You know, um, but this is part and parcel as well of, of our takeover. Sadly, we're seeing it with you know with the takeover. New new supporters have, have, have arrived at the club. Not many, but you know there are a few, and it's just part and parcel. In their horse-drawn carriages. In their horse-drawn <laughs> carriages. And before I forget, lads, because because we're, we're, we're moving we're moving swiftly on. I know you've got lots of other topics. Well done. Uh, fair play, to Alan Shearer. Um, as well, 1985 was the, the last time he was on the terraces uh, following Newcastle. But um, I, he, he loved it, and I watched his little interview on Match of the Day yesterday. He was covering the Newport Manchester United game. Gary Lineker asked him about what it was like on the away end, and he said, "Were you a bit embarrassed when I started singing your song?" And he went, "No, I loved it." <laughs> and then he got, and then he got, and then he got Mika Richards and Gary Lineker to sing the song. Um, <laughs> but yeah, hang on, hang on, I've got a question Brilliant. on that one. I've got a question. Isn't St James's sold out and people wait on waiting lists for tickets? How did Shearer get a ticket? Well, this is an away this is game. Alan Shearer. And, uh, 
Uh, yeah, he's played over 200 games and scored over uh, over 200 goals uh, for Newcastle United. Um, that that's his likely points, mate. All right. I'd say yeah. Would you have given him if, you, if you'd have gone? It. If you'd have gone down there and Shearer was stood outside saying, "I want to go on the terraces, lads," would you have given him your ticket? Why, well, yeah, of course, definitely, no okay. problem. If he didn't okay, have a ticket, I would have given him a ticket for what he did. For what he did for Newcastle United, of course. I, I don't think anyone's got any objections towards it, and um, I, I think there was. I think you know, obviously, the Sunderland game. Ryan Taylor, surely, I'm sure Amiobi and uh, Nobby Solano had tickets, um, and the club have been honest about it. They've said we reserve some tickets for away ends for close friends and family of dignitaries, club, of, club officials, thing, yeah. club officials, and players. What well, if he got ID? Did he get um, I, did he get ID'd before he walked in? There was there was no ID in yesterday. <laughs> oh, no it's all falling apart. <laughs> it's trying to wind it up, but it's all falling apart. <laughs> Another uh, and, and that was uh, I bumped into somebody at the weekend at um, the deal that I did on um, Thursday with Keegan Waddle and Beardsley, and uh, this guy came up. He had a wonderful story. He says, "Oh, he says." Uh, he says, I've only ever been starstruck once. He says, I was on a, I was on an easy jet flight. He says, because he, he's cabin crew, this guy. And he says, uh, he, he says, I looked, he says, I, I just, sometimes you just look at the boarding passes that are coming on because they're coming on thick and fast. And he says, is some, somebody handed us this ticket. I looked at it and it was Alan Shearer. He says, and I looked right. up and I ne- he says, oh, he says, I've never been starstruck in my life. And he went, uh, 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 hello, Alan, yeah. are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, oh, I, I sat on a plane last year. I was doing some FIFA work and I got on there. This guy was, uh, hey, look, it was business class. I'll have to say it. Um, and and I got to the seat. There's this just, guy on his phone. Of course it was. Yeah, Jeez. it was. Yeah, I, look, yeah, I didn't buy the ticket. And, um, it was business class. It was your plane. Uh, <laughs> no, that'd be flying it, mate. And um, this guy's already got on board and he's on his phone. And um, he turned out to be the most arrogant git I've ever come across. He was arrogant uh-huh. with the uh, with the the the, the, the cabin staff. Um, I tried to because I was sitting next to him. Tried to start a conversation. He just looked down his nose as to say, uh, "What piece of crap are you to, to try and talk to me?" It was Edgar Davids. Really? really? Yeah. Wow. Was yeah. he wearing glasses? Yeah. As yeah. he does. Does this after he was manager does. of Barnet and insisted on the number one jersey? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was really what disappointed with that one. He was. He was. A, he was a right prat. I thought I'd give up now, mate. Wow. You know, we've got a seven and a half hour flight ahead of us, and I'm sitting next to you. You're watching football. I made a comment about the game, and he he just sort of looked down his nose at me as to say, "Who are you?" So there you go. Uh, anyway, look, um, we've got a messaging because I know you're going to switch onto this subject. Barry's been, and he said, "Hey, what's all this with Clippity Klopp?" The, oh. You know, the the press didn't make this much fun when Fergie left, Dalgleish left. <laughs> you know, Klopp's a twisty man, and I'll be glad to see him gone. We just need it's Arteta ridiculous. to shut up now. So, yeah. thanks for that one, Barry. <laughs> yes, we, we will get round to that one. But we are going to talk a bit of Sunderland first, if that's all right with you, lads. You know, Mitch, we, sure, sure, get on with it. The only other big North East team played on Saturday as well. Um, the El Madrid. So, yeah, Bial Madrid back in form. Um, the only clean, other big northeast but... team, Bealey. Bealey yes, said, <laughs> "Come on, <laughs> yes, Bealey for Beal." Um, <laughs> <laughs> look, lads, we needed that. We absolutely needed that. I, yeah, it was. It was commented to me even after the show on Friday. Geordie uh, Charlie messaged me and said, "That's the most downbeat I've ever heard you talk about Sunderland." Yeah, because obviously I predicted a two-nil defeat. Um, Indeed, I, yeah. thought I thought it was going that way. 
Yeah, to be honest, it was um, Stoke. Uh, Stoke are much improved, by the way. Schumacher's got them playing some decent football, um, mm. but they couldn't stick the chances away. And it's you know a little bit like the Newcastle game in, in a sense that there were some good opportunities there for for, for Stoke. Um, but if you don't stick them away, don't find the back of the net, then then you get punished for them. And yep. As that game went on, you could see Sunderland finding a little bit of form and a, and a little bit of like sort of um, a bit of confidence in the way they played. Certainly in the second half, anyway. Um, Abdullah Bar probably had his best game in a red and white shirt. Um, obviously, it was very very disappointing an hour before kick off getting the news about Pritchard um, refusing yes. to play and kind Strange of uh, withdrawing. Well, that. do you know what? I've had time to digest that. I, I didn't want to react too much at the time. Uh, now that I've had time to digest that, that's that's bad crack. Just, just be involved in the squad for one more game, see it through, and then get your move. Because it's going to happen this week anyway. That's all he had to do. And he did this at Huddersfield as well, by the way. He forced a move by doing this before. Yeah, he's got form. Yeah, so do you know what? No one player is ever going to be bigger than our team. Um, so... I'm disappointed in Pritchard because he's somebody who I rate as a as a technical player. Yeah, you did. Fantastic yeah. little player, but you know, over the last few weeks he's been very very grumbly. He's uh, he's had you know quite a lot of mourning and, and a couple of digs at some of the young lads. All right, Oshish had a bit of a mare at Ipswich, but having digs at them publicly like that, you can't do it. You can't be cynical with young players. They're, they're essentially kids, and you, you can't be like that with them. So. I think maybe something's gone on behind closed doors. He's he's spat his dummy out completely, and and that's there's it. There's lots but of rumours about it, though, isn't there? There's lots of rumours of, of, of yeah, potential breakdowns. There's, there's rumours of all sorts, mate. There's, I mean, there's there's yeah. there's refusal to take part in a dance off. There's refusal yeah, to take yeah, part in a sing off. There's all this there's, sort of stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's apparently he's been crying because because Beale's been mean to some of the young kids. Yeah, now, heard that one just, as well. It's, it's the rumour mill. It's silly. You know, it's yeah. It is what it is. Unfortunately for, for Pritchard, as Steve's rightly put it, he's got form. Um, he did this yeah. before with Huddersfield, so that's what's going to tarnish what, what has been actually a decent stint with us. Um, he's looked like, I think he's looked like a Premier League player. He wouldn't have looked out of place in the Premier League. He's got that technical ability, low centre of gravity. He's got a shot on him. So if that's it for Alex Pritchard, that's it for Alex Pritchard. But I tell you what, Birmingham, Abdullah Bar stepped into that. Uh, and stepped into that role. All right, he was coming in off the right hand side, but I thought Bar was absolutely tremendous. It um, took his goal really well. He, he knocked out a beautiful ball to the left flank for for Clark to run onto. Clark had the presence of mind to look for the for this neat little cutback, and Bar just finished like a striker. To be honest, it was it was a lovely pass into the net. Um, two players I really want to single out now. One of them did score an own goal. Um, but I thought Patterson could have probably done a little bit more to keep that out. But there you go. Jensen Silt, I thought, was absolutely magnificent. Um, I, th- I think we're going to see a lot more of him. We've got Dan Ballard, who is one yellow card away from his 10th of the season. So he'll miss two games, I think it is, for that now, isn't it? Um, and 9 yep. is two yellow cards away from, from the same feat as well. So we are going to see Jensen Silt playing in his natural centre-back position uh, very soon. Triantis. Probably after the Borough game, I would imagine. Triantis, yeah, I th- I th- do you know what, right? He, he deserves his shout because the, the kid apparently works so hard in training. He's, he's caught a lot of people's eye there and he's improving yeah, get him all on. the time. Oh, so I'd, I'd like to see him given the chance as well, of course. Yeah, you, you've got a vested interest in that as well because, you know, as somebody <laughs> who's probably been looked at for the next Aussie squad 
the, the senior is. squad as well, you know. Yeah, he is. Um, yeah. But yeah, Sealed, I thought, was absolutely magnificent. Um, for such a big lad, playing out of position at right back, I thought he, he got down the channels well. He was very, very strong in the in the tackle. He was he was positionally very, very smart as well. But lads, I'll tell you who we played that absolutely magnificently was Luke O'Nine at centre back. He was absolutely oh, your mate. Luke He was incredible. He he had a fantastic game. It's his two hundred and fiftieth game for the club. Um and I was just so impressed. So so impressed with the way he went about stuff. There was clearances off the line, there was his, his control was good. His passing out of defence was good. And when you get when you get games like that, as long as it's not against you know giant centre forwards and all that sort of thing, because that's when he gets pulled about and out of position and gets involved in the silly stuff. When you're playing against somebody like like Stoke, who are in this sort of transitional period where they're trying to be a bit more technical in their play rather than miss out the midfield altogether and bomb it up to the big man, Luke. Luke actually has the technical ability to be able to bring it out of defence. When he's got time on the ball, he looks a different player. It's just you're not going to get that every single game. So, mm. tailored to the right occasion, um, Luke, I just thought he was absolutely brilliant. Brilliant. Um, yes, so that that's my, my monthly compliment to Luke 09 done. Um, Mason Burstow <laughs> got off the mark as well, which was, which was a huge, huge relief to that lad. And you could see in his play after, Mason Burstall worked very, very hard before his goal. He he was trying his best to go up against centre-backs that are much, much bigger than him, much stronger than him, and kind of I, always I played as a that, lone striker way. as well. Yeah. I uh, credit it to my honestly, little WhatsApp message. Yeah, yeah, well, is that what it was, was it? Yeah, that was <laughs> me, yep. He... He really, really ran his socks off. And then the opportunity come, it wasn't a, a nice goal by any means. It was, you know, it was two yards out. It was a stooping header, but it goes in and, and now he's off the mark. And the difference in his face, you could see the way he celebrated to the fans, you know, the, 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 the double fist pump and going on, it meant a lot to him. That's his first senior goal in front of the, the home fans as well. It, it just, it looked like instant relief for him. So hopefully, you know, that's that's two of our strikers off the mark now. Maybe just a little bit of uh, of, of confidence starting to creep in before the uh, the Derbyish on, on Sunday, which I believe we're doing a live watch along, aren't we? Are we? We are, yeah. News we to are. me. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah, Ted and I and Stevie in the middle. Sunday yeah. Off <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, well, well yep. I booked the pub. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Listen, I mean... Who knows what's going to happen up until uh, you know the rest of the transfer window, but there's performances there that I thought were very very encouraging out of our team. Uh, obviously, we've still got these issues in in defence where we're, we're still having to play players out of position. That's probably not going to change anytime soon unless there's there's a real surprise. Um, but midfield and and the top end of the pitch, it it was nice for Jack Clark to kind of not be the star of the show for this game. He still played very, very well. Don't still get was. me wrong, by the way. He was excellent. He was it's excellent. Crazy but yeah. when, when somebody like Barr steps it up and takes that pressure off and gives gives the defenders just something else to think because, you know, it's nearly always right, get it out to Clarkie, get it out to Clarkie. Well, you know, having that other option of Barr who yeah. can either get down the right or, or cut inside and, and play neat little balls. I didn't... I don't think I saw um, Barr actually place a misplaced pass the whole game everything seemed to find the intended target so that takes the pressure off um 
Clarkie, by the looks of things, is not going to be sold this window as well, but we'll, we'll come up with the transfer window stuff in the, in, in the next half. Um, but yeah, it was, it was just a, a really, really solid performance. Did you watch the game, Rai? I did. I did. Yep. I, uh, I I watched the first half, then fell asleep because it was like two a.m. my time. But I watched the first half, oh, two. and then I, when I woke up, I watched the uh, I watched the highlights for the second half, and uh, I, I was I was impressed because I went in like you guys thinking it was a, it was a Stoke it was going to be a Stoke win. I even put a bet on Stoke winning, and uh, uh, and I was you know and I was I was all for it. Uh, so it, it was incredible to see uh, the Sunderland performance that it was. I mean, I, I do agree. I think Stoke have, have changed. Stoke used to be an absolute bore to watch. My goodness me, under yeah. Alex Neal. That was some really bad football when you used to, used to hate playing them with Alex Neal type of football. But uh, yeah. yeah, that was you. I, I completely agree. I think Schumacher's got them uh, playing very exciting. I put a bet on, yeah, Lyndon Gooch to score as well. But it was good to see his reception uh, as well. Yeah. But um, yeah, I thought you guys just, you know, you took your chances. And that's, you know... Good teams do that. I mean, it was like Rotherham for us where we had 38 chances, missed it, and then Rotherham scored. You know what I mean? It was one of those. But, yeah. you know, they didn't take the chances and you guys did. And it was, you know, it was funny to see Mason Burstow. We were talking in, you know, pre-match that, you know, Sunderland need to choose one striker and, and get on with it. But, uh, you know, Rooster on the bench, Burstow in, and he takes it and, and scores, which is, you know, you could see the relief on his face. Such a young kid, you know, he's yeah. probably be been through the ringer this season with, you know, am I good enough? What's happening? I should be performing at this level. I'm a Chelsea youngster, yada, yada, yada. And finally he gets off the mark. So I think, you know, it was just utter relief for them. But yeah, it was, it was a, it was, it was, it was a good game. Um, it was, uh, it was exciting to see uh, a better Stoke City, not a boring Stoke City. So they, I think that yes. you're absolutely right. I think a few more signings are through a few more Schumachers uh, and they'll, they'll be they'll be right, you know, ready to watch. And uh, yeah, Sunderland took the chance as well, which in you know, and then Bealey coming out of the afterwards and saying it's uh, he's looking forward to the local derby, which is uh, you know, it's it's a strange narrative for him to keep pushing. But you know, whatever, I, I whatever it helps uh, him. I so. think he's referring to getting promoted and obviously playing the derby next season, mate. I, 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 I think you've maybe misunderstood that. <laughs> so uh, is it uh, is it a contract extension then? Now the shout uh, the fans are shouting yeah. for with uh, with Michael Beale. Yep. Yeah. I heard. It's, That's what I heard. Look, it's 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 going to take a lot to uh, to win the fans over. That was a that was a step in the right direction. Um, you know, I, I was I was waiting with bated breath for looked, a free interview at the end of the game. You looked really absolutely was, was, petrified for the first thirty minutes of that game. I thought Stoke were yeah. going to do you. It was only when you yeah. got the second goal and you could have. see you they could just have. see the confidence, the self belief come back into Sunderland. But it took that second goal for that to happen. It was always it was always going to be nervy. I think because of the week that had obviously the club statement about Pritchard went out an hour before kickoff, that was yeah, wild, which I don't that. Th- I don't think that was good timing. Um, was I, I don't know what the thought wild. process was there. Um, was it to hide it because of the build up to the game so close to kickoff? I mean, the I team know, it was just before the team news, and everyone would have been yeah. like, "Where's Pritchard? Where's Pritchard? Where's?" So I think that's why they had to put it out. That's why they had to. That's why they had to say yeah. it. But it was the timing of it was wild. I mean, if if their week hadn't have been worse enough to have that, you know, ten minutes between when they got Beal out and all that sort of stuff, and if they can you imagine, Sunderland had a lost three one. You know what I mean? And they had the Pritchard announcement. We'd be sitting here right now with a very very sick Ted and a very very wildly angry Ted. Do you know what I mean? But Thankfully, they yeah. still managed to get over the line, even though you know all that that's gone down. So, which it's a credit to them because, as I said, I, I think I thought it was going to be an easy uh, Stoke win. 
um, especially with the Pritchard announcement, which well, it's, seems to have, you know... Yeah, it's added a bit of spice to the weekend coming, hasn't it? Because it has, had yeah, Sunderland have lost and even more turned on Beal, yeah. I'd have written you off, Ted, at that point for the weekend coming. I really would the, the because... The only thing that would have saved that, Dave, I, I get what you're saying, but the only thing that would have saved that is is the fact that there were away fans and the away fans are a different voice. Yeah. Um, they, they are your That's fanatics. true. That is true. And... And no matter no matter what the situation, um, they, they would have been in fine voice at the Riverside, and they're going to be. They absolutely are going to be. It's a it's a you know cracking little afternoon out. It's not too far away. It's not a derby, but it's still it's still you know. He says it is. Yeah, he's yep. still new. He's still new. Give him time. Yeah. Like, I've, like I've always said, well, Michael Bill, give him time. Yeah, Mogger yeah. said it. Yeah. <laughs> Mogger's a smoggy. Mogger's a smoggy. Mogger's a smoggy. He's desperate for it to if be a derby as well. In, yes, it's Ted. He is a bit sick, but he's all, all up for Beal. Uh, hashtag <laughs> Beal in. I think we've got Jimmy Coppers on very soon. But uh, mm. And if you're listening, Jimmy, uh, Beal in. Uh, breaking news here from Ted Boy. No, look, listen. He's bought himself some time. Let's let, and I'm being honest about it now. He's bought himself a little bit more time. That was a much more encouraging display. All right, we didn't have the the lion's share of the chances, but if we're going to be more potent with less chances in front of goal, fair enough. You know, if 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 that's if that's the way he's he's trying to coach it, winning games is is all we care about. It's it's nice if we play fantastic football. I don't think we're going to see exactly the same as what we saw under Tony Mowbray. I think it is going to be a little bit more patient and considered. But winning games is all you can do, and that you know, that stops you getting the sack as a football manager. So it's, it's a good habit to get. Solid win, we take it, and and you know we look forward to, to sat, uh, sat Sunday, not Saturday. Saturday, Sunday, 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 Sunday. Sunday. But I'm not well. <laughs> Don't shout; it'll hurt your head. I'm, I know. I know. Should we cut to the news? Something going to take. Well, a we medicine. could, but I want to know if Steve's still with us because he hasn't spoken for 15 minutes. Well, I did did enough speaking for the first 45 okay, minutes about Lee fine. Dixon and uh, Jurgen Klopp and Newcastle United and well, Alan Shearer and everybody else. So I, was, I mean, uh, I'm just giving the co-presenters a chance. Yeah, to talk, no, Dave. that's fine, mate. I was just looking at our system because I hadn't heard you. I'm thinking, has he been cut off? Has he's into it? What's happened to you? A uh, couple of messages, a couple of WhatsApps before we go into the news. Uh, first one being Janiel. Uh, Good morning, Janiel. Morning, 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 gents. Good morning, Janiel. Uh, rather seems to be scarce in entertainment uh, in the end. Uh, sorry. Banter rather seems to be scarce in the entertainment world uh, and in the everyday world. Thank God for the Northeast Footy Breakfast. Great job, all. Oh, what a yes, P.S. P.S. Ted, is yes. the answer to what the fact England versus USA? Ooh. It's not. Oh, I thought he was taking us down that, nine, gets it off that the 1950. Gets yeah, it off that the 1950 first. classic route. Um, and then one coming well, from. We actually uh, do have Jimmy Coppers coming on. We do have Jimmy right. Coppers coming on. Yeah, he's going to be on about 15 minutes. And we have uh, we have a, a comment in from a, a, a new contributor, ADB. Don't know oh. what that means, but uh, great show. Good morning, all. Morning, Good Andrew. Morning. Good morning. Oh, hang on, he's not new. We've had him before. I think he's changed his name. Catching this morning show, Mystic Meg Race. Lol, septic <laughs> peg. Yeah. That was his comment way back when we were when we were when we were when we were new and we were fragile. Anyway, it is time for the news. We'll be right back after this. From Yarm to Yibby, Harrington to Horsley Hill, Swarwell to Silverlink, the Northeast Footy Breakfast. 
with Roy, Steve and Ted. Right across the northeast, the red, the tune and the cat. Ah, a bit of a cuddly toy there, Rochford, uh, round across the northeast on the cat, the red and the tune. Tis the me. northeast forty breakfast Got show. Feel. What? That's a belter of a truck. Oh, sorry, yeah, that was wasn't it? Wasn't that it? is a great. Oh, you've okay. got me in the mood. Uh, we've had a we've had a, a message in from Jack. Good morning, Jack. I love you, morning, Jack. Morning, Jack. Um, morning, Jack. morning, lads. Hope you're enjoying the show. What a difference a game makes. Beal is now the real yeah. deal. By the way, yeah, what, what the fact? Is it Norway? Ooh. What? There were two points. There were two points in one line, mate. There were two points in one line. You know, what a difference a game makes. Beale is now the real deal. He is a Borough fan, of course, so he's obviously got tongue-in-cheek. And uh, what the fact? Is it Norway? I'm, I'm going to need a little bit more than that. Ooh, so good me. That's just, that, that's, oh, Jackie, that's just the name of the country. He might have cracked it. That's why. It's not Norway yeah, isn't the fact. It's a destination, boys. Ah, <laughs> but, he's, but he's warm, is he? Is he warm, Teddy? Uh, is he warm? I'm not saying. Oh, look at him. Oh, you might get it. You might be. You might get it. Come on, let's have clue number two. Yeah. Is it got anything to do with the World Cup final? Uh, no. Okay. I will end that uh, that that line I was going to, you know, travel down. Uh, so, okay, then we'll do this. Ted's got a blood orange. Right. An international fixture that's never gone the way you'd expect was clue number one, gentlemen and ladies, uh-huh. and everything, everyone who listens. Um, clue number two. There's been some close shaves, but the record is intact. There's been some close shaves, but the record is intact. Yeah. Who owns the Faroe? Uh, you thinking on it? Who 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 looks after the Faroe Islands? Which country is it? Denmark. Anybody know? Any yes. geography experts? I mean, I've got no the idea. Faroe Islands. I'm, I'm just trying to get to see how you got the aren't Faroe they linked, Islands. Aren't they that? linked? Aren't they linked in? Well, I'm just thinking international fixture. Uh, okay. Never never gone. Always gone the way uh, that you'd expect. Uh, close shave. I'm just wondering if uh, they've ever played each other. Oh, isn't right. okay. um, I mean Faroe Islands is I think it's its own nation in its own right, but isn't it? I don't know, isn't it? Linked. I don't know what the the technical fa- phrase is when a country is. Um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop talking because it's just not making any sense whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was in a paracetamol haze there. <laughs> no, it's, it's me not being able to choose my words because I'm too tired this morning. What are you thinking of, Dave? I was wondering whether there was some sort of Denmark, Faroe Islands, international that's we, been played a few times. We just went fear and loathing in Las Vegas there, like. Yeah, yeah indeed, indeed. 
But it's Cheryl Crow would say, I'm leaving Las Vegas. I'm back. I'm back, boys. So I'll give it one more time. There's been some close shaves, but the record is intact. Mmm. Gillette. That's more like... That's... That's... Yes, you are on the right lines with how that clue was intended. Gillette. Razor. Come on, lads. Shave. Oh, got nothing. Referees putting lines on the pitch. No, um, internationals. There's been some close shaves, but the record is intact. Okay, 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 okay. Not there yet. Not there yet. But I think shaves is the key word in that line. I think the third clue, the third clue, may may point us more in the right direction. I agree. So I'm yeah. going to select which one I'm going to give you. <laughs> I've got a feeling yeah, change. who's going to give you He's it. He's even changing it as we go along. He's just the just order. making it up as we go this, along. This was lovingly prepared last night from my sick bed. I'll have you know. You, you don't deserve me. <laughs> anyway. Hang on, hang on, hang on. We've got a WhatsApp in. Stephen the Trucker has just sent us, um, sent us a WhatsApp in. Uh, Welcome to the show, mate. Welcome to the show. I think what the fact is that Norway has never lost to Brazil. Stephen, you're never welcome again. Oh, you got it. You've got it. (laughs) (laughs) On his debut. On his debut. Absolutely. What a win! I'm gonna have to make this what one difficult. He deserves a bit of this. Oh, Stevie absolutely! Oh, you Stevie Wonder. Steve making his debut on the breakfast show. Oh, he, he winged, young, it, winged it straight the in. The youngsters just banged one in from 20 yards out. Oh, so yes, you it's a international fixture that's never gone the way you'd expect. The second clue well has been some close Steve. shaves. Brazilian. <laughs> close shaves was a reference to Brazilian. Oh, wow. <laughs> but no. the record is intact. All those stars, but not one win. So the stars was in reference to the stars that Brazil have on their shirt for winning the World Cup. Yes. And yes, half the time, well you just have to go with the flow. Because in half of the games, they've only played each other four times, Norway and Brazil, but uh, Tori Andre Flo scored in two of the uh, two of the, the games against Brazil that, they have, that they've been unbeaten in. So yes, Jeez, Norway well is the only team in the Get world in. who has played Brazil and never lost, winning two matches and drawing two on other occasions. Well, Ted, you can vent well, your done. spleen to Stephen on Wednesday because uh, he's with us on the show. He's, he's actually joining us to talk about the British... 24-hour karting race that the the lads are trying to find some sponsorship for. Uh, they're entering from, oh, from the northeast, so a bunch of northeast lads uh, trying to enter that uh, that that British event. So you can vent your spleen over spoiling your cunning little plan this morning uh, on Wednesday. <laughs> I don't know where you were going with that there. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll tell you what. You um, guys talk. Have... You, yeah, you get Go on, go on. You need it. I was going to say, should we have some club headlines and we can have James on? There you go. Who's up first? Who should we have first? Uh, Sunderland were last, weren't they, in the last hour? So, get ready for it. Mackhams and Proud. Black Cats News. Good morning, Sunderland fans. The world looks a lot better place after a win, doesn't it? Arsenal's Charles Sago Jr. is in talks with Sunderland over a proposed loan move ahead of the closure of the January transfer window this week, according to online and mainstream sources. 
The Gunners' promising winger has caught the attention of several clubs, but it's understood that it's the Black Cats who are pressing ahead for this signature. The 19-year-old has drawn comparisons to, to fellow Arsenal star Bakayo Saka, who is also a right winger and a product of the Hale End Academy. One winger that looks set to stay, however, is Jack Clark. Despite Sunderland rejecting an initial offer between £14 and £16 million from Lazio, with the club insisting the 23-year-old winger is not for sale. It's thought that Sunderland will wait and see the season out and listen to higher offers in the summer, although indications are that if Sunderland were to gain promotion this term, Clark may extend his tenure. And finally, Michael Bale responded to questions regarding Alex Pritchard after Sunderland confirmed he had demanded to leave the club this month, just an hour before kickoff on Saturday. Pritchard previously looked set to be forced out the door by Sunderland last summer, but ended up remaining at the stadium alike to fight for his place. Speaking to the Chronicle Live right after Saturday's 3-1 win over Stoke City, the Sunderland boss said, It's been ongoing, to be honest, not just the last 24 hours. He's a boy who is coming up to the end of his contract, and he's been offered a one. I think mentally it's got a bit much for him. Let's keep the focus on the players who played today. And there are your Sunderland headlines. Smoggies and Proud, Borough News. Good morning, Borough fans. How are we, you beautiful humans? Hope you had a good weekend off. Not to get all farmy, but a weekend with no football is like having a cow that produces no milk. A pig that is too skinny for bacon and a chicken that lays no eggs. Yeah. You're sad. In the biggest news to come out of football this weekend, New Sunderland manager has confirmed that this weekend's tie against Borough is a local derby. <laughs> In another push to make it a derby, Beal was saying his team would be ready to go. Strange to see how much Sunderland want it to be a derby. Am I right, Borough fans? The transfer deadline day for January is fast approaching, and the big story this week will be whether Borough remain onto Morgan Rogers or not. The former Manchester City youngster signed for Borough in the summer for a deal worth £1 million. However, it has now been revealed they are also in including hefty sell-on margins from Man City. It has now been rumoured that Villa have submitted a third and final bid of £15 million, including add-ons. If true, and Borough do sell, they've managed to gain £14 million in the space of six months for one player. Crazy. And finally, Lucas Engel has said playing under insanely talented uh, coach Michael Carrick has been incredible. The new left-back has found form of late and slotted into the heart of the way Michael likes to play out from the back. Engel said he has a lot of he's experienced a lot and has an impressive CV. He's also a player I watched on television when I was growing up. So for him to be my coach is now is incredible. He's a role model for me uh, and for many when he has played at the level he has. He's an insanely talented coach. My friends and family are all starstruck on my behalf and I have some friends who are Manchester United fans and they are starstruck as well. Well get in Lucas. Well on to the derby this weekend. Will or will not Morgan Rogers go? That is your Borough Headlines. Good morning. Magpies and Proud. Mags News. Goals from Sean Longstaff and Dan Byrne proved enough to send Newcastle United into the fifth round of the FA Cup on Saturday night. And Sunday's draw handed Eddie Howe's team a third successive away tie against either Blackburn Rovers or Wrexham, who played tonight. And where Rovers, managed by former Magpie John Doyle Thomas, and to beat Wrexham, that would mean that no less than four of our last ten fifth round ties would have been in opposition to Blackburn. Speculation on outgoing transfers continues to circulate in the media and when asked about Miguel Miron's absence post-match, Eddie Howe failed to calm Newcastle fans' nerves. Eddie, speaking uh, to the media, said that he was ill, genuinely ill. Future? I want him to stay. Miggy to leave next week? It's difficult. I'm not in hourly contact with what's going on. There's a possibility that someone could leave. 
Newcastle's under-21 side suffered another defeat on Sunday, beaten by Blackburn Rovers in a Premier League 2 fixture stayed at the Lancaster FAHQ in Leyland. A goal from Charlie Weston in the 20th minute of the first half separated the sides at half-time, only for United's Josh Scott to equalise with 20 minutes remaining. Rovers then won it when substitute junior Nangu headed a corner past United keeper Rhys Byrne in the 86th minute. And Friday saw the latest Premier League fixture alterations for live TV announced and only uh, Wolves against Newcastle was a game under threat. The home meeting though will be a good old fashioned 3 o'clock kickoff on Saturday March the 2nd with no TV coverage. That's your Newcastle headlines on Monday the 29th of January. Together across the northeast. The Timbercat and the Red. And I'm pleased to say he's been hanging on listening to Borough News and Newcastle News. That's as useful as a chocolate fire guard for him. Is uh, the, the Sunderland Echoes, James Copley. Or Jimmy Cobbers, as he's now been uh, nicknamed on this very show. <laughs> I named him. That was me. That was me. I'm proud of it. Hey, something positive yep. to thanks, talk thanks about, James. Right. Appreciate it. Yeah, something positive <laughs> to talk about, mate. I think, it was, I think you're fine, it was me because you called me Wraithy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's true. <laughs> Everyone's claiming. We all know Everybody's claiming. It. So it was me who called him Coppers. <laughs> oh. Anyway, I've just finished my box of chocolates from the Black Cats Lounge, so I'll uh, I'll let you crack on. You know? <laughs> That's fighting. Don't well. take the bait. Yeah. Don't take the bait. <laughs> have we have we uh, carried any coffins around Newcastle since uh, recently? Oh. I, got, I did get the idea. I did get the idea, Jimmy, from 1973, of course, when the Mackhams did it at Roger Park. Yeah, something to celebrate that. <laughs> last, last, last time one of us would have cooked. Oh no, Borough did win a cup in the, in we, the 90s. We seem, we seem. I'm not, I'm not counting Borough though. It's, it's... <laughs> well, your manager is. He thinks it's a local derby. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the man who leads your team oh, called it a derby, mate. That's good enough for me. Unfortunately, Michael Bill's mistake. Michael Bill's got more to worry about. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's not yeah. like him to make a mistake, though, James, is it? You know. It's, no. It's not anyway, like what can Bill I do? Not you to for? read the room. <laughs> <laughs> it's great when we get guests on. We just bait them. It's terrible. It is. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It is. You're welcome, he James. Right right now. You're welcome to be on the show this morning, mate. I'm telling you. Yes, I feel very, very loved, Love. very appreciated. <laughs> Um, three one. Well, I called you royalty on Twitter, mate. So Ooh, you know you? that's uh, that, yeah, that's well, at least right. I did. Yeah. Yes. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, there's good, there's good there, bad royalty, it? mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll not no get pressure, into that, no. Listen. <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. Um, obviously, last week it just seems like we're, we're a really bad daytime drama. The club at the moment, like we seem mm. to stumble from one thing to the next, but. It went from uh, it went from everybody giving it the bailout to actually a solid win against Stoke City. Let's call it um, all right. Stoke may have had the better of the chances, but things looking slightly better going into this week than what they were last week. Is that a fair assessment? Absolutely. Michael Bill really needed that result. I thought Sunderland played well in patches. Reminded us of the whole City away game. Actually, in that Stoke could have had a few goals themselves. I think Sunderland rode the look at times. Sunderland killed the game yeah. by scoring either side of half time. But credit to them, credit to Beal. Um, I thought the atmosphere in the stadium of like was very subdued. Um, there had been some claims on social media that it was going to be wildly toxic. It wasn't at all. It was just very, very flat. Sunderland fans still celebrated the goals as they usually do. They were still behind the team. 
but there was no chance for Beal out, but there was no chance for Beal in either, even after the win. Yeah. So I thought that was telling. I think he's got a long way to go. He's going to have to win a lot of games. And my fear is that he could beat Borough and he could beat Plymouth and he could beat the next team after that. <clears throat> and as soon as he hits a sticky patch again, this is all going to come up. Um, because I think Sunderland fans will remember this week what he said after Hull. What he said before yeah. Stoke City, it's going to be, yeah, it's it's not going anywhere, I don't think. Is I mean, it... from, from your professional perspective, uh, you, you know, you, you, you covered it very, un, you know, unbiasedly, as, as you always do. It's always a good read. But as a Sunderland fan, what was your initial reaction to the outside noise? Um, <laughs> to be careful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wasn't impressed. Um, I thought that was a bad move on his behalf. Um, you know, Sunderland fans aren't outside noise. I, I do think that by that terminology he meant noise outside of his his first team group and outside of the mm. academy in the stadium i do genuinely think that's what he meant obviously it's been interpreted as wrong um but then in the next breath when you talk about a lack of sort of respect in him being bemused and perplexed um at the reaction towards him i, I don't think that was the best choice of words either um you know at any football club, good luck if you decide to take on the fans. Um, what I will say in Michael Bill's, what, what I will say in Michael Bill's defence, though, is that after Stoke, he was quite humble and he did offer up the explanation of, you know, we all get angry at times and stuff. And perhaps he, you know, he does feel a bit slighted because of the mood around the club, decisions yeah. being made above him. Um, he's right in what he says about it wasn't his decision to sack Tony Mowbray. It wasn't, but you know, he also didn't have to take the Sunderland job either so he, he does have to you know have to have some responsibility and performances had dipped under him before the Stoke game and I would actually say that some of the issues that Sunderland fans have pointed out there are actually still there against Stoke City I think Stoke City were very poor um you know and and, and papered over the cracks run- a little bit maybe a little bit, maybe. I mean, all credit to them for winning. I, I do genuinely hope, hope it's a springboard to, to better things. I do. I don't think anybody really wants them to fail, or certainly from my perspective, I don't want them to fail because um, I want the football club to do as best it can. I prefer reporting on happy than the sad. Uh, but it's interesting that afterwards, uh, Stephen Schumacher, the, the Stoke City boss, was sort of lamenting um, his side not being able to find the back of the net and, and they're missing a striker as well with injuries and stuff. And it's just, it's ironic that you know, there's another club and there's a, the, a fair few up and down the championship who would need a striker in January like Sunderland, but they're just hard to get. But the positive is Mason Burstow scored. Hopefully that can be a platform for him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, my gut feeling is it's sort of a stay of execution rather than rather than um, anything more. I hope he builds on it. But Michael Carrick and Middlesbrough are going to provide huge, huge test for him, especially away from home you. as well. <laughs> He doesn't yeah, say yeah. much, but when he does, yeah. he can. No, no. <laughs> doesn't say much, are you kidding? <laughs> Am I well, on the I'm right show? now because you, you've, you've invited me in. Uh, what shocked me uh, looking out, uh, morning Jimmy Coppers as well, uh, it, was, uh, <laughs> it was the Alex Pritchard announcement, obviously just going out before the team news. Oh, my thought was obviously they needed to get it out because the team news would have dropped and there'd be no Alex Pritchard and they'd be like, well, where is he? Did you think it was strange yeah. timing? Did you think it was normal timing? And and did you see it coming from the from you know from the outside? 
<laughs> I would have preferred it if they did it a couple of hours earlier on the night before because we were all getting ready to talk about game news and preparing, preparing to do a to cover a football match and then that, that lands. Dead cat strategy, wasn't it? Dead cat strategy. Game, team news yeah, coming out. Let's indeed. throw it out now. Yeah. Let's throw it out when everybody's in the pub. But yeah, I think I think the message yeah. still got out. But uh, yeah, I was, you know, I think you have to you have to look at both sides of of the aisle with this as you always do. I think from my point of view as a Sunderland fan, uh, somebody who covers the club, I was really disappointed in, in Alex Pritchard. You know, he's under contract at the club and, and to not play, um, I, I think it's poor. But you do also have to understand where his head is at. Um, you know, he was told he could leave in the summer, moved didn't materialise, he's ended up staying, he's played his way back into the team. Um, he didn't think he was going to get offered a new contract. He's been offered a new contract, but it's almost a sort of symbolic offer. Uh, it's my understanding he's been offered like another year on the same money. He doesn't think that's acceptable. He wants longer-term yeah. security, which is absolutely fair enough for a player of his age. Um, are suddenly going to give him that long-term security? No. So his camp feels slighted. Um, I don't think they were too happy with the timing of Christian Speakman's comments in the week revealing that Pritchard had been offered a new deal. And I think one of the throwaway lines was, I'm sure he's happy. And then, you know, a couple of days later, he's not happy. And they will have known that he wasn't happy. Mm. So I think the timing of it, I yeah. think, you know, Sunderland have, have potentially tried to be a little clever and influence public opinion. Um, and I think, you know, that is, that's led to a bit of, a bit of distrust. But, you know, for all the good Sunderland have done, they, they do get things wrong um, occasionally. And I think you have to be very careful with the way that you treat people. You know, this has this has shades really of Alex Neal and Tony Mowbray. Obviously, Alex Neal wasn't happy with with his position. Should he have left when he did before a game? No, absolutely not. But you know, that sort of mistrust between the people making the decisions and their employees, it was there with Alex Neal. It was certainly there with Tony Mowbray last summer as well. Um, and it's come up with it's come up with Alex Pritchard. So you do have to be careful in how you deal with with people. I think there'll be shades of grey and there'll obviously be you know things going on on both sides and I don't think any party is particularly you know fully in the wrong or fully in the right um, mm -hmm. I think there's a, there's a lot going on and it, it's a shame because people tend to fall into one of two camps don't they? they're either you know hammer the player or will hammer the board and I, I, I genuinely think in this case it's somewhere in the middle um, and mm -hmm. unfortunately in football these things seem to happen quite regularly and Sunderland won't be the last club um, and they certainly weren't the first no, absolutely, mate. Um, in, in terms of the building that trust, nothing's going to build trust like a couple of signings. Um, and obviously, <laughs> we're, we're into the last week of, of deadline day. Uh, it, it's looming, what, Thursday, I think it is? Yeah. Um, Wednesday, yeah. Wednesday. Rumours, rumours yeah. this Wednesday, sorry, yes. Um, the rumours are this morning that uh, that we've made a move, apparently. Uh, Hjelda um, from Leeds United. Uh, well, I'm glad, I'm glad you, you said it, because... Yeah, I'm glad you've said the name because I didn't know how to pronounce it. So we'll go. We'll go with Hjelda. I work with the Nordics, and, and I'm not. That's not. That's not an insult on the on the three lads I'm working with today. Yes, it is. Yeah. Oh, it's always meant. Okay. It's always meant to be. Well, um, I, I don't know. I've, I've I've seen the reports myself. Um, I've written a piece for the Sunderland Echo. It's not. It's not a transfer I know too much about myself. It does make sense because he can play centre back and left back. It's been reported by the Telegraph. Um, it was reported by Alan Nixon of the Sun uh, yesterday and Mike McGrath this morning. Um, so that would suggest that something's going on. If if that's the noise, he's not in the Leeds team, so that adds up. 
Um, yeah. I think he's only had one Carabao Cup appearance this season. Obviously, Sunderland need cover at left-back because uh, Huggins is out, as is Dennis Sergan. Um, and if he can play both left-back and centre-back, that's good. He's, he's, I, think he's only 19. I think he's only 19 or 20 as well. Yeah. Nor- Norwegian youth international. Um, uh, Leeds fans seem to rate him highly. He was in Daniel Farker's team in pre-season, but it's just not worked. I mean, they've got Sam Byram, who's been a, a real good player yeah. for them. So is he going to get in? Probably not. What surprised me, actually, is that it was reported yesterday that it was a, a potential loan deal. It now seems to have progressed to a permanent, which I think is ideal yeah. because, you know, we need players in the door that are ours, don't we? Um, yes. So, yeah, I think that, that certainly feels to me, although I don't know too much about it um, myself, it certainly seems to me like that one's got legs and could go through. Um, but, yeah, you mentioned, you know, we're in the final days now, so I think we need to see an acceleration um, yeah, we do. in the business because, uh, yeah, it One, could be a, a, a busy deadline day. Do you reckon we're going to see Ahmad? Well, <laughs> he caused a bit of a... <laughs> it's an interesting one, isn't it? Media <laughs> like, yeah. After the well, match, I actually couldn't believe it because I, when I, I, I checked the team sheet, Manchester United versus versus Newport, or Newport versus Manchester United, I should say, he was on the bench and I was expecting him to start. Derek Ten Hag named a really strong side. There was Anthony, uh, Martinez, Varane, um, you know, there were top top quality players in there. Casemiro played, but I actually thought Ahmad would sneak in. And then you're sort of following it, watching it like everybody else, thinking, well, he'd bring Ahmad on at some point, especially when they went 3-2, 4-2. That didn't come, uh, so that led to speculation on, on social media. Sunderland fans were saying, you know, Ahmad, you need to come back to Sunderland if they can't even uh, bring you on against Newport County. He then liked a tweet to that effect. Um, that tweet was swiftly unliked, and then there was messages coming out saying <laughs> that it was a mistake, and people were being, <laughs> people were being drifted left, right, and centre. And then this <laughs> morning, the, 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 the news is from some of the Manchester United pages that he, he would actually be open to a move and he's going to try and force one. I don't know how true that is. Um, but it's a, it, it, it genuinely is a strange one with Ahmad and Manchester United. I think we look at it from a Sunderland point of view quite a lot. But he got into the team off the bench against Nottingham Forest um, a couple of weeks ago. That might even be a month ago now. Uh, he yeah. came on, Manchester United lost that game. Eric Ten Hag, the noises had been that Ahmad was going to be set for a chance. He then missed the next two games, one of which was against Wigan in the FA Cup. That was supposed to be down to an illness, it was said. Um, he's not featured since. He was on the bench a couple of times, and then he was on the bench against Newport. And if ever there was going to be a game to give a mad minutes, it should have been against that would have Newport. Been it. Yeah. I mean Newport Newport played League Two and, and you know, Ahmad ripped the championship up last season. So you would have thought yeah. that, you know, if if Eric Ten Hag really does see the value in him and trusts him, then then that would be that would have been the game. Um, he's not ill; he's fit enough for the bench. So I don't know. It's it's one of those, isn't it? Where there's a will, there's a way. And, and could he push a move through? Will he do that? Does he want to? I don't know. I think he wants to play games. Is he going to get that at Manchester United? Probably not. Um, I think Eric Ten Hag, you know, is struggling in in many ways with Manchester United manager and has a lot of problems. And you know, if he stays, a man could become a casualty of that where he sort of brushed to the side, and that's yeah. not something he wants or needs at his stage of his development. No, he needs, and, and he from needs a Sunderland, football. Yeah, from a Sunderland point of view, they can give him that football. He loves the club. Um, but, you know, even if even if Manchester United did decide to loan him out last minute, it still could present a really tricky deal for Sunderland to get done, simply because there might be interest from a bottom-half Premier League team there might be interest from a top league in Europe. Um, 
So, yeah, Sunderland mightn't be able to compete with that, and it comes down to wage contributions and stuff like that. So, it's uh, it's very interesting. It doesn't look like he would go to another club in the Championship, despite interest from, from Borough and Leicester City. I think it would be Sunderland if it was a Championship, but yeah, a lot of player. But my gut instinct is that he'll he'll stay put. And yeah. do we need to offer your congratulations? I picked up on social media. Was this your first Sunderland match report? It was, yes, yes. Yay! So I've been, I've been working under Phil Smith at the Echo for the past five years. He's the main. Congrats. Man. Yeah, so I was quite pleased because I used to deliver the Sunderland Echo around the streets of Hendon, believe it or not, when I was a kid. Um, the bike's still well got two wheels on. Yeah, I know, I know. I'm, I'm well aware of the history. Yeah, there's no time. Well aware of the history of the Echo and the Argus, um, you know, who was the sort of unnamed Sunderland correspondent uh during the interwar years and stuff like that, and then I came to came to Story and Graham Anderson and uh, Chris Young and then to Phil. So yeah, it was a, a nice feeling because uh, yeah, I'm a, a Sunderland man through and through. So yeah, it was good. Hopefully the first of many, but I don't really want Phil to go anywhere anywhere fast. So we'll have to see what happens. <laughs> well, congratulations, mate. Well done. Thank you very much. Cheers. Are we done with Jimmy Coppers then, lads, or is somebody going to throw some more barbs in his general direction? Well, yeah, now we've got more out the way at the start, didn't we? Uh, we were just <laughs> just wondering, just wondering, because that's how it started. No, brilliant. Uh, James, uh, wish you well. Uh, how about you popping on on Friday? Are you free Friday? I mean, there's there's a there's a game at the weekend. Yes. I am off on Friday, so just give me a shout. Good man. That's what we like to Fantastic. see. Fantastic. Thanks, James. Cool. Appreciate Take it. Care, Jen. See Thanks. You later. All about it. Hey, James. Hey, James. Hey, James Copley, the, uh, the Sunderland Football Club writer, uh, the Sunderland Echo, joining us on the North East Footy Breakfast. Just giving Ted a, you know, a little bit of support in his hour of illness. Yes, indeed. Thank you very much. It is much appreciated. Um, oh, God, I'm going to cough two seconds. Oh, well, we got it. Look, oh, we've got to do a quick break. So, cough your lungs up, mate. We'll be right back. Together across the northeast. The Timbercat and the Red. Well, Ted's at a loss because obviously we we watered the fact at him. I'm very careful how I say that. Very careful how I say that. Uh, I've thought of a better way to put it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I know of an easy way to put it, but it'll get me shut down. Um, Jack, uh, Jack's been back on. He he just wanted to point out why do you think I said Norway? So well, uh, yeah, well done, Jackie. Just yeah, well saying Norway isn't the clue. Isn't like the full <laughs> fact, is it? Yeah. Oh, do you, Doctor? And uh, anyway. we've had one in. We've had one winging in from Thailand. Good afternoon from Thailand to the best football talk show on the radio. We do like the cut of that line. Um, yeah. I hope you guys are well. Up the borough. Let's bring on Sunderland this Sunday with a perfect kickoff time in Thailand of uh, seven p.m. Uh, questions. With Rodgers seemingly likely to go to Villa, do you th- do you think he's uh, going to be a big miss to the Borough team? Have a great day, guys. Take care. Up the Borough from Bam. So I'll throw, uh, that, one, I'll throw that one at Rai. Is he going to be a big miss? Would Rodgers we'll give be a big his miss? Idol. We'll give his idol Rai the chance it's, to, it's, to respond to that one. It's interesting. It's a good question. And morning, Bam. Uh, I, I think it's... Uh, well, for me... I did a bit of a, uh, a depth chart with Borough fans on on the X, uh, and you know got some good feedback Twitter, to that Twitter, one. But Twitter, forget X. Twitter, 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 Twitter. Yeah, thank you. Uh, and it was interesting to see what we all thought because we actually are quite covered in that area, uh, which I was surprising once you put the names down on a sheet of paper. 
uh, how well we've got. So in that area, you've got obviously Izzy Jones, you've got Finnis as the new signing, Sam Green was still in line, you've got Riley McGree and Sammy Severo to come back from international with Australia, and you've got Maddie Crooks. You've also got Marcus Force that slides in and out of that area as well. So in terms of what I can see, I think we're actually well covered. Now, look, don't get me wrong, I think Rogers has been. Uh, a, a good talent. He's six months into a four-year deal. Uh, obviously, we saw something in him that, you know, uh, now other teams are starting to see. The, hard, the hardest thing for me with Rogers is that he's a Midlands boy and he wants to go home, and I can't understand that. And if you're going to get $15 million offered for him six months after you paid $1 million, you kind of want to take that, I think, and, 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 see, and see how we go. Yeah, because I, I honestly don't think he's set worlds alight. I know, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful to him, I think he's a great player, but I've seen, I've seen, you know, I put him, I put him next to. If you have a look at last season when we had Ryan Giles, Cameron Archer, uh, Aaron Ramsey, right? Most of those boys, if you had of, you know, if they had been Borough players, what would have you asked for them? Do you know what I mean? Where Cameron Archer last season, where he scored eleven goals, how much would have he been worth? You know what I mean? Imagine having to sell him if he was a Borough player. Aaron Ramsey, the same question. Ryan Giles, the same question. Those players that were there setting the world alight for us last season have all gone to the Premier League and haven't done much this season. Cameron Archer hasn't really scored for Sheffield United. Aaron Ramsey's been injured, albeit all through the season. Ryan Giles has just lo- been loaned back to the back down to the Championship. Now, has Morgan Rogers done better than those three for Borough this season? I'm I'm going to be honest, and I don't think he has. I don't think he's been better than Cameron Archer. I don't think he's been better than Aaron Ramsey. I dare say I don't think he's been better than what Ryan Giles was doing last season. And all three of them have failed in the Premier League. So if he's going to go to the Premier League expecting to walk in and play for Aston Villa and we get 15 mil for it, that's a deal done in my books. Cool. I'm not disagreeing. So let's move on. Indeed. Well... We'll get we'll get the messy stuff out of the way with I think, uh, and I don't mean Lino. the player that definitely shouldn't have had the Ballon d'Or. No. Ah, stop um, talking, Gavin. Get on with it. Get on with it. Off the floor. Blah 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 blah. Crowd trouble, lads. Crowd trouble. Obviously, I don't know how many of you saw it, but the the West Brom Wolves game was an absolute disgrace. Wow. I've not seen yeah. anything like that on my TV in probably the last 30, 40, well, yeah, about 30 years, maybe. But Crazy. Steve, I mean, I'll come to you on this one first, a, a, a two-pronged thing. It just shows yeah. how well-policed and how well-behaved our fans were for a start-off. <laughs> yes. Um, mm. And how well-organised that whole thing was. And, you know, whatever whatever will be said about 6,000 Geordies at the stadium alike will be said and it will get argued about forever and a day. But... Ultimately, fan behaviour was absolutely impeccable at the stadium, like from both sets of fans. That, though, yesterday, how on earth has it got to a stage where Wolves fans got in with West Brom fans? It's just I mean, look, it's, it happens all the time at every game um, up and down the country. You know, people can get tickets for, for the home end. I mean, Fulham sold tickets at, uh, uh, you know, on public uh, you know, public sale because their fans were boycotting the ground because of the, the ticket prices for the FA Cup of the weekend. So, needless to say, there will have been Newcastle fans who live in London probably sitting in amongst home fans at the weekend. Um, but it, it happens. It's, it, you know, the, some... Some some families, I would imagine, you know, are Wolves and West Brom, and you know somebody will have said, "I'm not going to that game." You know, here yeah, you can have me ticket. It it happens. It it happens all the time. So, uh, you could see yesterday, you know, that that game, 
the atmosphere. Uh, people were calling calling it a, a underestimated derby. You know, people say it's you know it's probably the most hatred in that one. You know, in the UK, well, it certainly came across like that yesterday. The you know the the yeah. volume of the fans and the the songs that were singing against each other as the as the teams entered the pitch, it was volatile. Um, there's no other way to describe it. Um, and ultimately, when you know when a team scores, it's so difficult that you're sitting in the home end to to sit on your hands because it's emotion and you know it, it takes over and, and that's that. And we saw some some really unsavoury scenes yesterday. Um, you know, it, you know, we saw kids uh, coming out of the family enclosure. We saw one of the players actually lifting his own children out of the family enclosure because you know he was at risk. And we saw grown adults who should know better. Um, you know, acting in a, a ridiculous way, and and, and yeah. look, the seventies and the eighties. This was part and parcel of our beautiful game, if you like. It was it was a true reflection on society, I guess, as well. You know, I mean, we're going through some horrendous times, uh, you know, in in society, and and people used to, you know, have have five or six pints. And, and go and have a fight at the football to, to relieve their frustrations in, in, in the working class game. Whereas now we're, we're past that, we're beyond that. And anybody misbehaving in a football ground, um, you know, you know, you're just you're just setting yourself up for the biggest fall. You know, as as a person, because you know you're going to lose your season ticket if you have one. You're going to be banned from football, and you know, probably for for three years minimum. Um, and you're going to have a criminal record. And you know because everything now is on camera, and camera, um, you know, camera captures all of all of the movements, everything that's happened. Can see who started what, and you know, it, it you're just you're just setting yourself up for a big fall. So I, I never understand why people do it. I, I really really don't. And some of the stuff that's been circulated on social media is horrific. Um, I, I, you know, some bizarre stuff as well. I mean, the, there was a middle-aged woman. Invading the pitch um, and, and, and attempting to kick a football was was walked off, mm-hmm. you know, much to the much to the humour of the, the the steward. But you know, it's it's just it's just crazy. It really is. And um, you know, West Brom will suffer. Um, they will have they, they won't have points deducted, but they'll have a big fine coming their way. Um, they may have to play a game behind closed doors. You know, it, it, you know, it's you know, they, they will be punished in some way, shape, or form. But uh, yeah, it's just it's. It's sad to see. Um, thankfully, it doesn't happen very often. But I've got to I've got to agree with you, uh, Ted. You know, from from our perspective, you know, it, it just shows that although it was an expensive process um, and and it felt you know over the top, it was the right thing to do with the Newcastle Sunderland game because our derby was broadcast around the world, as was West Brom Wolves, and you know we you know we flew the flag for you know for for the northeast, but flew the flag for the for the UK. You know, it, it we showed that you yep. can stage uh, you know a volatile. Derby, you know, uh, you know, a very, you know, a derby where there's a lot of animosity. You can stage it well without any trouble, and five or six arrested hours for for mainly people who couldn't handle their beer outside um, the ground as well, wasn't outside it? So the, outside the yeah. ground was uh, that, that outside was noise. <laughs> Oh, exactly. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it was it was sad. It was sad to see. And you know? I mean, you know, the, the, you know, spontaneous spontaneous reactions like that, and football matches, which then, like the blue touch paper, are, are few and far between. Thankfully, it's not something we see on a regular right. basis at, at, at football matches in stadiums. I think that's what makes it horrific. It still goes on. Football hooliganism still goes on. Uh, you know, various firms still meet pre-match at various places, bars, pubs, waste ground, you name it. They still do it. Um, I'm afraid. 
afraid that the, the problem hasn't gone away but usually it's it's not inside the ground thankfully and, and yeah. um, you know that's nobody should go to a football match to go and watch a football game and, and, and end up hurt and you know the worst thing about yesterday was seeing somebody being you know taken away on a stretcher yeah. and let's just let's yeah. just hope that person is is okay you know it's, it, it all went a bit mental right Dave will we'll bring you on this one as well I mean mm-hmm. for one I think personally I think the club West Brom should be held accountable um, if they know that that derby is as volatile as they claim it is and if they want to build it up to be a big derby then that's, that's fine that's up to them but surely more care needs to be taken with a, the ticketing side of things and make sure with the people who are they say they are um, but secondly as well I mean we saw the, 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 the thing with the, um, the, the Maidenhead fan coming over the top and landing on top of uh, Ipswich supporters you know, mm. it, all, it was all hijinks and getting carried away but we're getting to a stage now where safety is becoming more and more of a concern would you agree? Yeah, I would agree. I think what's what's crazy for me as well is we saw, and I'll talk to Dave obviously after this about the the Port Vale game uh, where we saw a referee getting chased. For goodness' sake, I mean, there was it was a wild weekend, but it was for me it, it drives that media narrative story even more. We saw in the media with the Newcastle Sunday game and leading up to that how much media can drive a story. Now we saw that that there's going to be hooliganism, there's going to be fights, there's going to be flares, there's going to be knives, there's going to be everything, you know, threatened. And that was all driven by newspapers and media outlets coming up to your game. Now, I would argue last week, none of us really knew or focused on West Brom versus Wolves. None of us did. No. You know, no, we didn't really talk about it. I, I was like, oh, wow, they actually played against each other. Nobody spoke about it. And nobody drove this football hooliganism story and yet it broke out like it did. You know what I mean? And it was poorly sort of managed by West Brom's behalf. So it, it was it was interesting to see just to, to, to drive that narrative home of, of how much that, you know, the media played into your game rather than, you know, what, and uh, this game where you saw an actual, you know, and something happened. So, yeah. yeah, look, it was, it was it's solely on West Brom here. They've got a hard look at their, their, their ticket office, how it happened. I mean, it's hard to combat, you know, like Steve said, someone can give a ticket away, you know, if you're a West Brom fan and you, you know, but, a but Wolves fan ID wants it. But if ID checks are carried out, right, then, yeah. then surely that negates that. Can you ID yeah, check, look, though, 30,000 yeah. Brom fans? It's, it's, it'd be a hard job. It's, I agree mm. it's a hard job, but I think it's... It, it, it was definitely, it, you know, it was definitely sad to see. It was Green Street hooligans, sort of movie style stuff that, and uh, it was it was definitely scary to see. And some of the scenes we've seen on Twitter um, was, you know, with the, the amount of that poor bloke with, you know, which you thought was a bat, you know what I mean? Like that was, you know, he's, he's just gone out. Maybe he was looking for trouble. We don't know the full story, but nobody wants to come away from a football match looking like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, the thing that surprised me was if, if the two clubs knew, particularly West Brom uh, being the hosts, knew that this was such a highly charged game and that the atmosphere could turn nasty so so quickly. Why did they have so few stewards stopping West Brom yeah. fans in that corner where all the trouble was? So few stewards stopping the fans from getting over the barrier and onto the pitch side because that's that's what caused a lot of this. Um, yes, they had the steward segregating. There wasn't a big... I, mean, I look at the riverside and, you know, we take a section out and stick netting over it to stop rival fans getting to each other. This was a row of stewards standing on the stairway separating mm. two sets of fans. I mean, they were that close together. Now, I'm all for football clubs making money, fellas, and selling as many tickets as you can. But if, you, if you're going to go into a Celtic Rangers, um, uh, a Newcastle Sunderland... 
whatever it happens to be, type Derby like West Brom Wolves, and all you're going to do is stick a row of orange jackets between two sets of fans. You're almost inviting trouble. You really are. Yeah. 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 Like it's a great yeah, no, it wasn't well handled, and there wasn't enough stewards to, towards for that game for what it was. Do you know what I mean? It was a packed out stadium. It was obviously a derby that they, you know, fans were focusing about. It might, maybe it was spoken about more in the in, you know, in that area, but it definitely wasn't. I, on once, news, I once went to a, a Forest Derby game. Now that's not pleasant. They hate each other, mm. Forest oh, and Derby. Yeah, um, it was at Derby County. It was at it was at Pride Park, uh, long before the Mel Morris uh, problems. Uh, came mm. in, so that was a packed stadium, a full stadium, and the fans hated each other. But it was very much like that Sunderland Newcastle derby uh, that we saw in the cup, where you know the fans goaded each other, they had their fun. It was vitriol that was flying backwards and forwards, but never the two met, and never was there any problems like this. So you've got to point the finger at West Brom and say, "What happened, guys?" Yeah, nah, agreed. Definitely needs to be looked into further, and it needs to be. Looked at why there wasn't more stewards on the on the day and uh, anyone that was hurt. But Dave, can I ask you? Obviously, that Port Vale game, seeing a referee chase as a referee, former referee yourself, I thought that was disgraceful. I mean, that poor bloke ran for his. You know, you don't know what that fan was going to do. That's you can exactly. All guess, you, you can speculate. Was he carrying you know I mean? a knife? Who knows? Exactly. You, you don't. No idea, you don't know. But for a fan to be able to get on that pitch and get as far as close to that referee as he did, I think is a scary sort of reminder. Uh, that we need to, you know, we do need to look at that. I've seen, th- I mean, this similar things have happened several times, sadly. Um, but you always seem to to find players intervening, stopping the fan before he gets yeah. to his intended target. On that one, the maybe players just seem to stand there and, and watch and not yeah. get involved. You know, maybe they're thinking exactly the same as what we're speculating. Exactly. What is yeah. he carrying? What's his intent here? You know, could I... But, I don't know. Well, the coaches the stopped him. The coaches had to stop him. Oh, the response was the worst thing. The, there was, there was absolutely. I mean, there was. Right, fair enough. It's like sort of I don't know a dog getting on the pitch and chasing a referee. All right, a little bit of comedy moment there. Like, all right, mild threat. I think the film uh, classification would call it. But that that was dangerous. That that was a genuine. Could have been a genuine threat to life, threat to well-being, anything like that. And some of the comments of like. Almost encouraging that kind of behaviour. Yeah, that's yeah. not what referees need. The, but not just that. I mean, because it only takes some idiot in the park, you know, in a, in a Sunday league game to, to copy the same, where there's not as much protection for a referee, and you've got a exactly. police case on your hands. Yeah, I've been clipped. Problem is, somebody could be armed. You know, somebody could be carrying a knife. Yeah, exactly. it's, it's, it's only a matter exactly. of time before something happens. But I've got like to ask, where were the stewards? That's... Because that lad ran from the far side of the pitch. So there was plenty yep. of time to see him coming across. You tend to have a lot of safety stewards in and around the tunnel area, which is where the referee ran to. Where were mm. the stewards to get in front of even the coaches who had to stop him? Problem no is, stewards are on. Uh, they're on like they're, they're on less than minimum wage. Some of these people yep. aren't they? You, you, they're, they're on like yeah, peanuts. So they they're on peanuts, and they don't. They don't really. They're, they're not paid to get involved in jumping on on top of somebody. That, that it, you yeah. know, the, the rule, the rules and regs for a steward within a within a, within somewhere are probably to help somebody get to the seat, help somebody with directions, with tickets, etc. And I think they just don't see it as their job. It, it probably was in the. Jo- it's probably in the job description to stop somebody jumping onto the pitch. But, you know, mm. some people just think, well, I'm not going to do it. And most of these people, you know, uh, without getting into like a, 
a row with someone about you know the size of somebody or you know the the fact that maybe they're not the fittest people they're not these people aren't you know the the genuine a lot of these stewards tend not to be they're not doorman types for example you know they're not there for yeah. they're not there for a row they're there just to, to manage crowds and that's the problem um they're not they don't want to get involved they don't want conflict and that's that's the issue that they've that's the issue that you have you know and the biggest disappointment out of all of this for me, though, was the reaction on social media. So we've seen the Benny Hill music added to this clip and all that yes. sort of stuff. Yeah, to have a good laugh. Yeah, yeah. But some of the comments that people are posting, they really need to give their heads a big shake. You know, uh, I yeah. feel like I, I'm, I'm going to do that next time Anthony Taylor referees us because he has it in for us and all that sort of stuff that's coming out. Yeah, I mean, it's just yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. There's some mindless idiots out there who look at a situation like this and they just want to throw fuel onto the flames. That's all they yeah. want to do. It was someone's dad running away from an attacker. You know what I mean? It was someone's dad, someone's brother, yeah. someone's son. You know what I mean? It was a bit more than just a referee. You know what I mean? That is someone's family running away from someone that is chasing them on a football pitch and no one stepped in except for the coaches. And he got halfway across the pitch. Now, if that's my son, if that's my dad, whatever it is, you know, I'm sitting there probably in the stands watching my dad referee a game. Do you know what I mean? At that level. I mean, can you imagine if he was? Can imagine his kid was in the sideline watching your dad get chased by a fan? Like that is disgusting. Yeah. Is there any of us on here? Never happen. Is there any of us on here? If you had those boots on and you were one of those players and you were close to him, would you, would any of us 100%. try to stop him? Would you try to trip him up? Do all that sort of stuff? I would have given him the it's biggest, biggest Australian shoulder barge, mate. <laughs> I would have jumped on. Yeah, one hundred percent. Have you seen Andrew Simons? Does anyone know who I am talking yep. about? Then Andrew Simons was a famous cricketer for Australia. He sadly passed away a couple of years ago, but there was a there was exactly this this happened in Australian cricket pitch about oh, four or five years ago now. Uh, an, an invader ran on it. He was running exactly for the referee. He was running for the players, and he gave him the biggest shoulder barge you've ever seen in your life. Sent him about three meters backwards. I would have done exactly the same thing. That is, that it, I would have literally just, yeah. You have to. It's, it's when you saw who he was targeting, uh, especially when, when, it, when you saw the referee running away in, in, you know, scared. Hundred percent. It was on one of those players to, to, to jump in, not the coaches, and that that was soft from the players. It was go. like absolutely. Anyway, we're done and dusted, fellas. We are good stuff, we chaps. Are. Well done, Ted. You got through it. I will be back on Wednesday, day off tomorrow. You will be London early doors, lads. So have a good one tomorrow. Lovely Enjoy, mate. Have I, a will trip. Send, I will send. <laughs> in, uh, I will send in. I will send in some headlines, lads. You're not moving, are you? No worries. No, no, I'm not moving. Mate. I'm not moving. <laughs> have a good one, fellas. <laughs> See you have a good one. Have a great day. Cheers. Goodbye. Ta-ra. From Yarm to Yibby, Harrington to Horsley Hill, Swarwell to Silverlink, the Northeast Footy Breakfast with Roy, Steve, and Ted. Right across the Northeast, the red, the tune, and the cat.